mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? Welcome to Yes Mother, the podcast where we talk about the A&E show Bates Motel. Today we'll be talking about Season 5, Episode 8, The Body. I'm Sue. I'm Em. Mother, do you think they'll try to break my balls? And this is the Chick Hogan Memorial Podcast. Aww, R.I.P. Chick. (laughs) Who needs a mama bear baby? Oh, mama bear. (laughs) (laughs) I I had a feeling he wasn't going to make it, but... More than I did. Yeah, I, I was hoping for a more spectacular death. But, yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'll, I've got a little story about all of it that I'll get to at some point. Okay. But right now I have to get the dog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. So the uh, so Bates Motel in Utah doesn't air until 11, which is just crazy. Right. But I found this cool little work around that that... Um, from the Xfinity app, you can watch live TV. And I found uh, A&E channel. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not the regular one. It's this one, like, on this weird numbered channel. And it uh, it airs it at 8. Oh. So I can watch it at 8, but I have to um, do it live. Anyway, that is fraught. <clears throat> With, you know, internet cutouts and things. Sure. Anyway, it was fine all night. And then when it got to that scene, it kept uh, freezing. (laughs) So I'd get like three words. And then I'd miss like 15 seconds. (laughs) And I'd get another like three words. (laughs) And then it would freeze. And then it would go back to live. And I'd miss 30 seconds. And... Anyway, let's just say I got enough to know that it was tense and that Romero was finding out about Norma <laughs> and that he had a gun on Chick and I knew that Chick had a great some sort of skin on his head. <laughs> <laughs> some sort of pelt. <laughs> <laughs> and then right after I could tell that he told Norma and then right after that it like froze for good oh bummer and and then I'm screwed because my my recording I have set up won't record that channel I've tried Mm -hmm. it won't record that airing so I have to wait until 11 (laughs) and record that and either watch it live or usually I'll wait about 20 minutes in and then I'll start watching it from the beginning while it's recording and then I um blank out some of the commercials most of them anyways so i had and then my internet just died for just a little bit and then um i was like oh crap i know that that was intense i'm i have a feeling that chick just died (laughs) but i didn't know for sure (laughs) and so i just i had two and a half hours two hours and 
almost three hours <laughs> to like stew over it and think about it and just be sick about it and hating it. And then I watched it again. And when I was able to actually watch it and watch the entire scene, his death wasn't as horrible as I thought it would <laughs> It didn't hit me as bad. Like, right. The whole situation didn't hit me as bad. I've got a few problems with the writing. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, for the death of a great character, I'm, I'm just kind of meh about the scene. Yeah, I think most, I think three-fourths of the scene was okay. Mm-hmm. It was the last fourth of it that I thought could have been way better. I did like the scene better on rewatch when I was doing the notes. Hmm. So maybe we can discuss what I liked about it better when we get to that scene. Yeah. So. For sure. But yeah. Anyway, that was my adventures watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Those. <laughs> I know. Such trickery this week. Yes. That was really some trickery there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, should we just get into that- comment cards? We have a fair amount, so let's get uh, going let's on do it. it. So, <laughs> our first comment card is from Carrie. Carrie threw a wrench in things. Yep, she says, <laughs> Hi, Sue, Em, and guests. I'm trying something different. Going to compose this comment card while watching the episode. Uh, wrong title. Should have been The Bodies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first commercial break. Wow, Head Norma is so aggressive. I would freak out if someone stuck their finger down my throat. Yuck. I will do anything I can not to vomit. I hate it. I haven't thrown up since January 2016. Anyway, getting back to Bates Motel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, you think that's a good streak. <laughs> I know. <laughs> At least, like, I haven't thrown up since 1978. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't been through chemo. Yeah, that's true. But three pregnancies. Yes. One in which I threw up. And it was true. <laughs> the bad one. <laughs> um, second break. Head Norma may not be able to get out of this one. Wouldn't it be weird if Norman went to jail for Sam's murder and Alex got caught and they ended up being cellmates? <laughs> that would be an interesting <laughs> jail show. <laughs> I can't watch any jail shows now. There are all, all still scenes from show Oz that I can't get out of my head. So creepy. Anyway, back to Bates Motel. <laughs> Oz is just on my nah list. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I just don't want to see life in prison. I know, I don't think there's anything about Oz that a nice girl from Utah needs to see. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think my biggest problem is people close to me have been to prison, and I just don't want to see what even if it yeah. is like TV prison, I don't know. I just don't want to go my mind to go there. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> agreed. <laughs> um, third break, Chick. Finally, I wonder where he is off to. That Sam Loomis. What a nasty, nasty, nasty man. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I know three nasties. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't believe Head Norma said it Madeline like that. Norman will be so sad that he has to go along with Head Norma's story. At least if Madeline is in jail, she won't end up in the basement. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Head Norma throwing Madeline under the bus was so great. <laughs> I, I was so shocked and like, not surprised. I know, that's the thing. Can you be shocked and not surprised? I think so, because that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what is she doing? And then you're like, this is Head Norma, you know? Yeah. I think this is the episode where my mind has finally made a complete separation of the two. <laughs> Mm. of head Norma and Norman, you know? Yeah. Like, I... Finally, my mind goes there. It's like, this is not Norman, and this is not head Norman, you know? I mean, they're two completely distinct people to me now, which they should have been, but it seems like... I just always felt like one of them was under the surface of the other one, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, in fact, um, I did a little... um research on disassociative identity disorder just Mm -hmm. so I could understand it a little better for the Mm -hmm. show. (laughs) I figure they did too. Anyway, I learned some interesting things I'll bring up. Cool. At some point. Um, Carrie says, that was kind of cute to see Emma with her little snow baby. I want her to show up now. I want a scene with her and Norman. It would be great. That was a cute little scene. It was. I kind of want to see it too. I kind of want Emma in White Pine Bay again. I know we we wanted her to stay out, and she did. But it's like, gosh, I can't imagine not having a final scene with those two. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't need to be bloody. Yeah, but man, there is. I'm 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 kind of afraid for Dylan again. I am too, actually. Okay. And I haven't been afraid for Dylan in a very long time. I've kind of been going back and forth, but now I'm I'm back to being kind of afraid for him. Especially when when Emma says that she's worried about him. I was like, no, don't say that out loud. Because now we have to worry about him. <laughs> in fact, I tweeted that. I was live tweeting. I'm like, I'm worried for you too. <laughs> um, okay, fourth break. Alex, finally. At least we know where he is off to. That was a very evil head Norma look. Poor Madeline. I wonder what is in that file that the sheriff has. <laughs> oh, my word. That look oh. was great. Yeah, that look was nuts. It stopped her dead in her tracks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> this whole episode, Madeline's like, I have no idea what I stepped into. <laughs> I know. It's like... <laughs> I just wanted a hardware store in a cute little town. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you picked the wrong town, Madeline. Yes. You're and you're not the first person to say that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I think there's a episode titled that in season one. <laughs> <laughs> um Fifth break. Poor Emma. At least she and Dylan know for sure that Audrey is dead now. No, Alex, don't go in the house. Wait, Frozen Norma is still in the woods, right? <laughs> Do not go up to Norma's room. And there he goes. Aw, there's an angel Norma, too. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> and not at all cheesy. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Oh, he's sleeping in their bed. That's so sad. OMG, what is that noise in the basement? It's Chick. He's chilling his own ass in the freezer. (laughs) 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 Holy writer's block. Alex shot Chick. Sue, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) That was so shocking. Yes, I'm okay. She was prepared for Chick's death. Yeah, I... I, I I did like your idea of, like, the next time we see Chick, he's on a book tour. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that would be nice. I'm going to call it Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call it Mental Illness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she says, so I guess the location of the well and the body in it was in the file that the sheriff has. I thought for a minute that they would find Bradley, but she is in the trunk of the car, of her car, I think. I think what was in the file was uh, Audrey's dental records. Them identifying Audrey. Yep. Yeah, the well, they were doing like a dog and search, just one of those fan out. Grid search, yeah. Red search, that's what it's called. Um, only two more episodes. Wow, this season has flown by too quick. And the previews for the next two episodes look so freaking cool. Didn't watch it, didn't watch it. Didn't watch it, nope. I'm so glad I didn't watch it, too, because I just have no idea. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was really tempted this week. <laughs> um... Well, that's the episode. I can't do this typing and watching at the same time. I'm not a multitasker, but at least I will get my comic card in on time this week. I'm already sad about the show. What will we do without our Yes Mother podcast? (laughs) We'll figure something out. Yeah. We got a few things planned. Yep. A good three episodes, at least, planned after the show. Yeah. Then we'll figure something out. Yeah. We'll figure something out. Uh, hope everyone has a great week. I can't wait for the show. Chill your own ass, Carrie. P.S. After the final episode, party in room nine. It's bring your own hooch. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yep. Well, thanks, Carrie. Thanks, Carrie. All right. Next we have Julia. Her title is, Did Paris Beat Me Again? LOL. <laughs> <laughs> no, Paris is a no-show this week, but... Carrie threw a wrench in things and beat you. Yep. (laughs) Who saw that coming? (laughs) (laughs) How is one even supposed to form thoughts about an episode like this? So, 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 so amazing. Just when I think I can't love this show more, the next episode premieres and I do. I love it more. Each and every week I'm blown away. Here are some of my thoughts. Well, Julia, I know how much you love chicks, so I'm glad you're all right, too. (laughs) Yeah. Julia and I need room in the mama bear bed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so move over, Spike and Don Draper and Drunk Romero. <laughs> oh, Drunk Romero, enormous bed. <laughs> he wasn't drunk, but I think he's, I think he's a little mind-addled. Yes. yes. <laughs> Something's going on there. <laughs> anyway. The love that Dylan feels for Norman, despite... Despite everything, despite him murdering their mother, is deep and beautiful. Their relationship is one not talked about very often. 
but that has been there since day one. I love his love for Norman. Yeah, I was a little confused. I don't know. I don't know what to think about what Dylan's doing. He's almost feeling a little normal-like to me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's kind of being Norma's son here. Yeah, I was, I was, I agree. Norman makes you mama bear. Yeah, I, I guess he does. Cause... The people in his life, they, and I can see why, because he is nice, but he's very sick. <laughs> Well, I think Dylan just really, really wants him put away in a mental institute and not prison, not prison. And I think that he's willing to stay there and fight for that for the safety of the town, (laughs) you know? Right, right. So I think it's more he feels like an obligation to get him put away in a mental home. Right. So I can... And I think he just doesn't quite know what to do yet, so he doesn't want to, like, burn any bridges right. on anything. So he's just kind of... Uh. Right. So I think that's where he's at. I don't I don't think he's shushing things. I think he really just... No, he's is not. like, okay, Norman's dad's dead. Norman's mom is dead. I'm the only person this guy has that's going to fight for him and try and help him, you know. Right. So... And we all know, you know, people with mental illness can easily get just caught up in the system. Right, right. So I think he just feels a duty, not only to his brother, but to mankind, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to get him safely put away somewhere. Agreed. I hate Head Norma in the best way possible. She is gloriously evil. (laughs) Agreed. Peachy Keen, ha ha ha. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. Gotta love Head Norma. Peachy Keen is, was totally a thing in, like, what, the 50s? Oh, yeah. That was just the same. It's a I saying. Uh-huh. Everything's I, just Peachy Keen. I can't promise to know the whole etymology behind Peachy Keen, but I know it's, like, a, it's totally a 50s thing. Yeah, you and would if it, you would have heard, it, like, Mrs. Cleaver saying on Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> yeah, and, like... What, Rizzo, if it, if it was Rizzo, she would have said Peachy Keen Jelly Bean. <laughs> anyway, it is a thing, but it's a little out of fashion. And so that just tickled me that Head Norma said it. <laughs> Head Norma is old fashioned. For real. Yep. Um, chick, chick, chick. It's chick! <laughs> I had the same reaction. Me too. I get the whole female sheriff girl power thing and I dig it, but that woman cop talking to Chick was awful. Absolutely horrendous. It made me laugh how bad she was. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I did. Are we talking about her acting? I think so. I, I don't know. I just... I didn't, I didn't notice it as being bad. And I just figured she was just protecting the crime scene. <laughs> And yeah. not engaging with this weirdo that just drove up. <laughs> this <laughs> little raccoon in his bag. <laughs> slams it down onto the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad the lawyer's name was Julia and not the stupid woman cop. I would have sued Annie. <laughs> it was Julia. Julia. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nasty, nasty, nasty. (laughs) (laughs) He did not just pin Sam's murder on Madeline. Or is it she? He? They? He? She? They? She? He? This is also confusing and twisted and amazing. I love it so much. I would go with she. Yeah, well, she. <laughs> Romero, thank you for making me cry my eyes out for 10 minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> While I didn't cry, it was it was sad. Yep. Um, chick in the fruit cellar. Best scene ever. This looks weird. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Blah blah, fancy this, big words that, deep shit, blah blah blah. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. This looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <So> funny. <laughs> it's not weird, chick. <laughs> it's not weird. <laughs> Say it like a normal person. <laughs> Was <laughs> like a newborn baby angel. <laughs> oh, so funny! Did you write that down in the notes? I did. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm writing a book. <laughs> blah blah. More talk. Says the escaped convict. <laughs> I just died and went to heaven. The scene was a chick quote gold mine. I swear I literally could not stop smiling when chick is on screen. It's impossible. And even when he got shot, I wanted to kill Romero. But then I thought it was funny because it was chick. Chick can't not be awesome. Even when he's getting shot in the head. Especially when he gets shot in the head. His head hits the typewriter and dings the little bell. Ding! <laughs> That was so chicken awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the line ding. <laughs> so great. <laughs> In like a GDB movie kind of way. <laughs> I loved it so much though. <laughs> I they had to have added that in post edit and just giggled the whole time. <laughs> amused by the irony yes <laughs> she says that was the longest bullet point ever and it was all about chick and he wasn't even in 95 percent of the episode what's wrong with me <laughs> anyway five out of five dead raccoons <laughs> till next week julia in the razor clam <laughs> <laughs> yeah that I he might have you. not been in 95% of the episode, but he made his mark. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he was spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He, yep. I love Chick. I will miss Chick, but we've, man, we've got some good Chick stuff to rewatch. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> and, you know, you won't have a lot of time to miss him. Yeah. There's only two episodes. <laughs> And I feel you, Julia. He is just my favorite. I smile every time he's on screen. <laughs> so amused by him. Um, all right. Our next comment card is from Amy. And it's subjected, 
comment card from your sister. <laughs> Yay. So this is our sister Amy. She says, Sue and M. Yes, you are finally receiving a comment card from your Wyoming sister, Amy, a.k.a. Mama Bird. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm not too late to slip into a room at your B&B to enjoy the final episodes of this crazy and intriguing show featuring the iconic Bates family. I believe you might just be saving the bl- blarty with a chance of meatballs <laughs> room for me. <laughs> Is that it. the one we save her? That's the one I offered her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only appropriate that one of us stays in that room. I, know. <laughs> I love that that's how it turned out. <laughs> we all four sisters were always going to be in there doing <laughs> antics with the segue. <laughs> yeah, so it's just appropriate that Mama Bird <laughs> gets the room. <laughs> we'll be like knocking on it. Can we ride the segue? <laughs> <laughs> She says, I'm not sure it's the best time to check in, but I'm willing to take my chances. As you might remember, I read the book Psycho when I was 15 years old, and showers have never been the same since. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, The story has always been interesting to me, and I am so glad you two had the brilliant idea of hosting this podcast after finding out about the series. I was slow to join the following of the show, Crazy Busy Life Events Kept Happening. But now I have sole ownership of the remote control (laughs) and decided to watch after my kids left home. (laughs) Yes, all five of Amy's kids are out of the house now. (laughs) Um, I began last September and binge watched the entire four seasons by December and listened to all of your podcasts after each episode. (laughs) Quite a task. (laughs) It's been so fun hanging out with you two fun sisters, as I've taken the dog on walks, done yard, and housework, and traveled around in my car. I've giggled right along with you, wanted to chime in so many times, and have enjoyed your incredible insight. Aw, thanks. <laughs> um, I've thoroughly enjoyed the creativity and incredible way the writers and producers have told us the backstory of Norman and Norma Bates. Wow, incredible acting, too. Thanks for the, the fun journey, Em and Sue. You're welcome. Yep. We've enjoyed it immensely. We have. So just a little feedback on the latest episode. I think you guys called it with your theory of Sheriff Green possibly not believing Norman's confession. That is, until Mother shows up. Would we expect anything less for Mother than to rescue her darling from his predicament? (laughs) 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 Another puking scene. This one was crazy. I've never seen anyone gagging someone like that, even if it was head Norma. But it gave me a horrified laugh anyway. <laughs> Chick likes John Denver. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I was so happy when I heard what song was playing. I was like, he likes John Denver. <laughs> um, some amazing Chick moments in this episode. We will discuss more later. Boo-hoo. Love the amazing Norma-like way Head Norma said Julia Julia <laughs> and describing <laughs> Sam as a nasty, nasty man. <laughs> nasty, nasty, nasty man. <laughs> yes, there's three nasties, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> then she totally throws Madeline under the bus. What a terrible thing to do. It didn't really work, though, did it? No, no. it didn't seem to work at all. Nope. Nope. Sheriff Green seemed to see right through that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
Um, holy crap, Romero shot Chick. Chick was in such fine form, too. The, ambi- the ambience in the mausoleum was just perfect to write his book. Rest in peace, Chick. I hope someone gives you a proper Viking burial similar to what you did for Caleb. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, Romero, what's next for you? <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> Romero doesn't have a lot to live for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She says, well, I promise I'll make lots of sandwiches for the other guests if you'll give me a room. (laughs) 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 Have they removed the crime scene tape yet? (laughs) Your adoring sister, Amy. (laughs) Amy's got some plans. She's making us all sandwiches. (laughs) She's the mama bird. (laughs) Why do you think we call her mama bird? (laughs) I know, but there's going to be a lot of fuginess going on in the <laughs> We, Whenever we're at Amy's, we all just sit around and go, meet, 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 and she comes around and feeds us. <laughs> Background on Mama Bird. <laughs> we were playing games at her house in the afternoon, and she was, she was at church or something. <laughs> she was... She had a day of just meetings all day. And oh. when you stay at Amy's house, she's our Wyoming sister. So when we go to Wyoming, that's where we stay. She has meals planned out. You have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's all, there's just always food. We help. We help. Absolutely. But but she's like, she's the mama bird. Yeah. So there is like... <laughs> Eight or ten of us, including our dad, sitting around. Amy was God. We're all playing, like, hearts or something. And we're all like, why are we hungry? (laughs) (laughs) This is a sensation I've never felt in Amy's house. Hunger. (laughs) And it dawned on us that Amy wasn't there. (laughs) It's like, we're helpless to make a meal. So it just made us laugh so hard. We're like, we're like a bunch of little baby birds, <laughs> and we laughed about it. And then, like, about what an hour later, Amy walks in the door, and we all started going, "Me, me, me!" Even Dad. <laughs> she was, oh, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> she walks in and we're all just meet, meet, meet. <laughs> I think she got it quite quickly. <laughs> she knew exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this was, I don't know, 10 years. She's been Mama Bird since. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Oh, even Dad doing the Mama Bird, the little baby bird. That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> remember when we were talking about it before she got home we were like (laughs) she like (laughs) eats and then puts it in her mouth (laughs) (laughs) I all like (laughs) regurgitate and she actually did it she like got what we were doing that's right she started pretending to regurgitate Oh, man. Okay. So that's the backstory of why we call her Mama Bird. <laughs> you guys were out that. 
Okay. Well, thanks, Ames. Good to hear from you. And yes, Blardy with a chance of meatballs. That's your room. (laughs) (laughs) And don't worry if you haven't seen the movie. We haven't either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Amy's a good one to be at the B&B. She can feed all the crazy little kids that are staying there. (laughs) They need a mama bird. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially after Matt brings his brownies. <laughs> Mama Bird's gonna need an energy shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, it's my turn. Yep. Okay. <laughs> the next one's from Daniel. Hey, Em and Sue, Sheriff Green was trying to be so smart, she was actually being dumb. Well, at least in that first interrogation, where she was somehow convincing herself that super suspicious Norman was just acting out for attention. She just could not get on the Norman train. <laughs> yeah, that, I, that, that her reaction kind of confused me and bothered me. I don't know. Yeah, I... I could see a cop that has no suspicion whatsoever and to just kind of talk herself into that, especially when he does put the well at two different places. But yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It was a close-minded, kind of one of those annoying things cops do <laughs> once in a while. All right. Or at least in the movies they do. Yeah. Well, because he really wouldn't have known where the well was, because when they did the well thing, he was head Norma, right? Yeah, but yeah. she I don't think she has any idea that he's got a dual personality. Right. I'm just saying that he really wouldn't know where on the map to show her. Right. Yeah. Right. And it, it Norman's confusion would be very strange, and you wouldn't yep. be suspecting that he's got a dual personality, you know, all of that. Yeah. So if you don't have that suspicion at all, it'd be kind of... I guess so. Yeah, you're right. Well, understanding. Grudgingly. It was okay to me. But I thought, she once she got on the train, I was impressed with her uh, yes. ability to turn that around. Yes. And to see through mama, mother, <laughs> mama trying to <laughs> switch from mama bird to mother. <laughs> Ed Norma, that's it. Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, she jumped on the on the train really quick. <laughs> um, okay, though I did I finish that? Yep. Okay. Though I struggled with it at first, I'm starting to see why there may have been a need for Mother to acknowledge that she's another part of Norman rather than just Norma in hiding after faking her death. Because how else could she go through the scenario where she gets addressed as Norman and has to explain his actions away and make any sense? It brings me back to Psycho realizing that Mother must have been having a similar experience when she was worrying about not even hurting a fly to prove her harmlessness. Well, maybe. I guess we will... We never really saw if she answered to the name Norman during his questioning. I I fully believe Mother in the movie knew what she was doing and yeah. that she was a Norman. I personally I believe that. I think so. Uh okay. 
do we have a podcast quandary that threatens to rip apart the universe now? Innocent podcast favorite chick was just executed in cold blood by part podcast darling Romero. <laughs> <laughs> Who will you side with? I told you Romero was bad from the beginning. I mean, you seem to have been fine with Romero trying to do that exact thing to Norman all this time, even though if Norma could somehow come back from the dead, she would rake his eyeballs with her nails until she had scooped them out. (laughs) Before she'd let him kill her son. Yes, after everything we've seen, I don't think she would stop loving Norman, even after his attempt to commit suicide with her in their sleep. (laughs) Podcast darling. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have a quandary, Sue? No, because here's the thing. Romero had to kill Chick to prevent that book from coming out. You know? Do you think that's why I did it? I think so. Absolutely. Interesting. Because Chick was writing a book exploring this family and... And him, you know, because he's at the right. end, Chick's like, and then the sheriff shows up as the, you know, adversary right. to the son, and, and Romero can't let that book come out. I think that's why he killed Chick. That's the only reason that makes sense. Yeah, also, he's got a healthy dose of Romero's out of F's, you know? <laughs> Yeah. He's like, I have a purpose, and it is a singular purpose, and I have just thrown everything away. I have absolutely 100% thrown my life away. Yep. Nothing to live for. I have nowhere to go, nothing to live for, but to do this. And yeah, that, you, (laughs) you're writing this book, you just told me. Some devastating news I'm trying to process. I my I am mind addled. Right, right. Yeah. All I can do is shoot you. And he's just he's got a singular purpose. Yep. I think it's all yeah, a combination of that and him not wanting anything to be published about this family. Especially finding out that Norma was dug up and he loves her. Right. And Chick was being extremely callous. He was. He was. So. Chick was in some sort of like, I don't know. He. Manic. <laughs> something. Kind of. Kind of. He. Well, Chick has a singular purpose too, writing this book. Right. And Chick has been pushed to, I don't know, a a breaking point himself, I feel. Sure. Siding with Romero is a strong word. I feel like I am more back sitting back with my popcorn just going. I'm watching this. Same, same. I'm not <laughs> I'm going to watch this play out. Yeah, I I I'm not going to choose sides cuz I it it makes sense to me that Romero killed Chick and I'm not going to blame him and be mad at him for doing it. No, I'm more mad at Chick for just, I don't know what was going on with him, but I thought he was being unbelievably callous. I thought he was too. And I suppose Chick can kind of be that way, but I was disappointed. Well, I think, you know, it, the the book is his goldmine. 
you know, that's, that's his, the only way he's going to be able to earn money in his mind, you know, is, is writing this book and the book is writing itself right in front of him, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So he's a lucky guy. Not a lot of, you know, I mean, right. And I guess I could hand it it to him. So. It was, and I can kind of chalk it up to being kind of on that writer's high and just... Right. I don't know. Maybe he was, he totally... was a little drunk or something. I don't know. Something. A little high, a little drunk, something. Because, yeah. I mean, he's sitting in the walk-in freezer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. So, yeah. No, I'm okay. He just... he. He was not treating Romero as a person. At that moment. Right. As a person that had lost his wife. That. Had not been in the loop. That's the thing. Is. He didn't treat him as a person. He treated him as a, as a character in his book. As a character and that in was his, his book. Death. And that was his goal. Yeah. Because. Yeah. He's. He's talking about Romero. Right in front of Romero. Like. Yeah. Which the, the way sheriff. it played yeah. out. He got. He got. He deserved that. Honestly. Whether mm-hmm. I feel like Chick would have done that, what that's congruent with his character or not, I am on the fence about it. But the fact is, the way it played out, Chick kind of deserved that bullet. He was being super callous and not treating Romero with the respect and the and as a person like he should have or he deserved. Right. Yep. And I don't know what was going on with Chick. I'm not quite sure what was going on with Meryl, but it was a bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad combo, and that was <laughs> how it played out. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Anyway, that's most of my feelings about it. <laughs> um, as, fu- as, yeah, I... I have been fine with Romero doing the exact thing to Norman this whole time. That is Nor- that is mm-hmm. Romero's revenge. And yeah. when you look at it from Romero's point of view, Romero does not know about the disassociative personality disorder. Nope. nope. Combined with what Norman has done to Romero's wife, which, you know, Daniel, that means nothing to him. He hates that, you know? Right. He's totally on the other side. So, yeah. I'm not siding with Romero, but I get him. And, yeah, I've been fine with him killing Norman because I feel like that's the uh, inevitable end. Yep. Agreed. And I also agree, too, that at this point, Norma would have forgiven Norman and would be protecting him the real Norma even though he tried to kill her unless she was given distance from Norman and with Romero right but like I said she she wasn't given that choice she would have found a way to shush it away yeah and justify it and be it yeah totally Fully agree, especially if Norman is in her proximity in any way. Exactly. I think if Norman would have been the one to succumb to the suicide murder attempt, and Norma would have been um, brought back, I think she would have found a way to 
live her life with Romero and be happy. I totally agree. That's got a Emily fan fiction written all over it. <laughs> it <just> does. <laughs> <laughs> I've been outlining a few <laughs> for the next few weeks. That's how we'll we'll continue. Yes, mother. <laughs> just our fan fiction <laughs> stories. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got to write my one about Romero and Wig Norma in jail <laughs> together and getting and together. Romero being like, oh, enough. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, despite Highmore apparently being in the director's chair this week, I have to say that the effect of Norma's ghost in the house with Romero felt cheesy and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's like with Caleb in the basement. Other people see Norma like that really starts to feel like it dilutes Norman's specialness to me. effect though but it was what do you do <laughs> what do you do it was cheesy but I'm really really hanging my hat on Romero has got some I think he's like septic or something I don't think antibiotic pills are helping a lot maybe surfacely but yeah there yeah I mean there could be an infection that needs more than just antibiotics like pills yeah and i when i can do that and i can <laughs> whitewash it a little bit yeah. and head cannon that he's really in a bad state i was i'm okay i'm a lot more with okay with the yeah cheesy effects because they felt over the top cheesy i thought they almost did. like this is a sick person's <laughs> hallucination well, it was like just shy of having like angels with trumpets above her. You know? Yes, it, it was. was. <laughs> you know, it was... And I have to believe, just for my own sanity and love of the show, that they did that on purpose. They did that on purpose. That to show that Romero is in a bad way. In a bad, like a little crazy himself because of the infection. That's possible. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, he sat and took a nap in her bed. <laughs> <laughs> When else would Romero do that? That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. I'm hanging my hat on that, guys. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, having found Frosty Shower Burrito Sam Loomis <laughs> hard time. He was a frozen burrito. He's the burritos you need to open the little package and microwave two minutes and turn over. <laughs> Wrapping a paper towel with the microwave. <laughs> I have a hard time seeing Mother's clever attempt to pin it on Madeline's working. I mean, his burrito will be a match to the other motel shower curtains unless Norman changed them all. Oh, there's no way it's not going to be a match and all that. Yeah. That is going to be damning. <laughs> and there's no attempt 
that I've seen of any sort of fingerprint or fibers from the hotel. You know, the, the cover-up was not, it couldn't have been, like, Well, I was wondering, when I was watching it, like, I wonder if they can test for luminol, you know? Mm. Like, I wonder if there's some way that they can tell... That that bathroom had that been that luminol. Bathroom had been cleaned and sprayed with luminol. I, I bet you there is. Well, I find it interesting that we were given <clears throat> a shot of the luminol on the bed or the like vanity uh-huh. in the bedroom, and then Norma saying, "Where is that?" I know. So we didn't see them find it and use it, and we also know that it's in the house and where it is in the house. I thought Romero was going to find it and be like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of had canon that she found it on the vanity and they used it to clean up Sam's mm-hmm. blood. So okay. I'm, maybe like off camera stuff happened, obviously, you know, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I just wonder if it's all going to have a big purpose <laughs> or if it's just stuff. I think it'll have a purpose because they I did too. they showed it and then she talked about they had two scenes talking about it one buying it and the credit card bill and him not knowing what luminol was an image of it an image of it plus her saying I wonder where I put that luminol I mean that's Chekhov's luminol <laughs> <laughs> totally is <laughs> <laughs> I mean it I, the only other um, thing it could be is a red herring. Yeah, they they don't That's do a lot of that in the show. No, they don't. So, <sighs> um, two to go, and I want more romance for Norman and Mother. Damn it, we're running out of time, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, Daniel. Yeah, that. This has been an unfortunate season for that. Yeah. I think go back and watch to... like season one and three. Yeah, I think you've had to wave bye bye to that, and it's all fan fiction from there. <laughs> you got some Norman Norman cuddling in the in the holding cell this episode. Mm. There was lots of cheek kissing, and it was very matronly though. I don't think that's I don't think that's Daniel's bag. <laughs> well, you get what you get. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks Daniel. Thanks Daniel. Um, all right, our next comment card is from Harold. He says, "This is totally outrageous. I paid for my room in advance and then these police officers came in and dragged me out of there and said I couldn't stay." <laughs> I'm going to hire Julia Ramos <laughs> and sue their asses. <laughs> we understand your outcry. <laughs> Just be patient. <laughs> be patient with us. The B and B is still open. They don't. They haven't found that one yet. I so think the B and B is full now. <laughs> it's full, but you know we're we can reopen the Sandman room for you if you want. <laughs> 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 Be careful with me. 
He says, speaking of Ms. Ramos, I don't think it was such a good idea to let her client give a statement about what really happened while the police were still investigating. Why allow your client to get locked into a version of the story that might be contradicted? For example, if the police are able to clear Madeline. I'm wondering if Ramos thought she had a free pass to let Norman talk because if things didn't work out the way he wanted and he got painted in a corner, she could always go to her backup plan of claiming he was mentally ill. Yeah, I I am inclined to believe that's more than her backup plan. I think she's going to ride that train to glory. <laughs> I think so, too. That's Or that's in her head. I think so. And, I, it's, and it seems like a good defense to me, <laughs> especially the not being on his medication and, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's his ticket out. Yeah, I... <sighs> There's not going to be a lot of room, or I don't think there's going to be a lot of time in these next two episodes. So yeah, we're not getting to a trial, folks. Nope. nope. <laughs> um, I have no idea how Norman's going to get out. I still feel like that's going to happen. Me it's got to happen. Yep. To tell a real good story. Yep. Not that I don't trust these guys. It's just we'll see. We'll but see. it's not something I thought of. But you're right. And I'm not, um, I'm not surprised you would look at it that way, <laughs> Harold, being a lawyer yourself, a defense lawyer. But I didn't even think about that. Yeah, why did she let him talk like that? I don't know. She seems smart, so she yeah, she's got I something up her sleeve. Yeah. I got a lot of confidence in her. I do too. But so. I also have a lot of confidence that she's probably pretty unethical. Yep. If she's your go-to for Remo and all Remo. the drugs. I was happy to hear Remo's name. I know. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah. But I think that's his ticket out is the mental illness thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, did I miss something? Dylan told Ramos about Audrey, but not the sheriff. How did the sheriff know to try to compare the female body's teeth to Audrey's dental records? Who even knew that she was missing? Very good point and yes. something I did not think of. I did. Because dental records are not like a... Fingerprint. There's no DNA or fingerprint database that you put dental records in. No. And you find people's... You, you identify bodies. When it comes to dental records, you have to be like, I suspect this person could be this person, so I'm going to compare dental records. Right, right. So I wondered that too when... I even wondered, how did Sheriff Green know that Audrey was Dylan's mother-in-law. Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's what got me. That's what got me started thinking. I was like, wait, how does she know to tell Dylan? How does she know that this is Emma's mom? I figured that there's enough there that she knew Dylan, she knew Emma, that she's done some digging. Maybe into the hotel itself. It's pretty quick digging. (laughs) Yeah, but could it have dated back all the way to the Jim Blackwell I don't know. Yeah, it it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's possible they can find a way to satisfy me, but for I'm, now it feels a little shushy. It's a shushy, I think. We just have to... And not one that bothers me too much, to be honest. No. But I'm not an attorney. I'm not going to let it like really bug me, but it seems like a pothole to me. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So... Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> he says, the best part of this episode was head Norma trying to figure out a way out of jail. 
I loved Freddie's performance in the scene where he tries to peddle the story that he was trying to cover up for Madeline. Oh, did. Yeah, that, that was, was so great. That was a pretty good monologue. It was, and it just it just seemed so Norma, the, the words that he was using, and it, it was just brilliant. It was, and did you like the effect of seeing her Norma reflection? In the glass? Yeah. Yes, that was amazing. That was Freddie's idea on set. Uh, Carrie, someone asked Carrie on Twitter, and she said that was Freddie's idea. That was so great. In fact, when I first saw it, I was like, "Wait!" I and I rewound it because I was like, "Did I just see that?" <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cool when he's looking in the glass of the room he's in, and you see like blonde hair. Like it's yeah, yeah it's oh, really subtle. So subtle and fantastic. And if you missed it, go watch it. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Which it, it was the scene, the Peachy Keen scene, right? Yes, I believe so. Um, Harold says, what I didn't care for so much was the scene with Chick and Romero. Chick was too over the top, the writing was too meta, and I kept waiting for Romero to plug him in the head, long before he actually did. (laughs) I wish they had toned down the scene a little so that it would have played better. Yeah, it was a little over the top, but... Yeah. Like we discussed before, I, I really think Chick was, like you said, kind of in a manic... I think it was just all coming to him and he was just ah, you know <laughs> yeah plus being in that room yeah so um, he could have taken some mind altering to make him write better yeah i don't know something had him weird and if something didn't then i do feel that was kind of bad writing yeah Um, he says, I also would have liked to have seen the scene where Dylan tells Emma about her mother. Perhaps they will save that for next week. Yeah, I think we I, I think we'll see it. Right? And it might be what gets Emma here. I mean, very easily could be. Right, right. To get Emma to White Pine Bay. Yep. I and think her we'll mother see was it. Identified. Yeah, I, I don't think it happened off camera. I don't believe that. It's possible it does happen off camera in between these two episodes, but. Well, it would be kind of a nice, like, bookend type thing where she tells him that his mother's dead and then he's got to turn around and tell her that Mm. her mother's dead. Yeah. You know, I can. I like that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Will also tell you the truth. Because he could call her and be like, hey, remember when you told me that my mom's dead? Well, guess what? Your mom's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my brother. My brother killed them both. <laughs> I don't know why I just turned Dylan into like a jerk. <laughs> I don't either, but I went along with it. <laughs> um, he says that my prediction is that Romero will head towards the police station. He knows all the ins and outs of the place, and he is going to find a way to get into the lockup with Norman, and then Norman is going to kill him. Oh, and then Norma is going to kill him. Ooh. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I can get on board with that. I can get on board. As long as it's a showdown between Romero, Norman, and Head Norma, I don't care where it happens. I just got to see it. Yeah, I don't like the idea of him having everyone get the best of him. 
I kind of want him to get a little revenge. Me too. I don't know quite how. I know. But I want to see a little, uh, a little of that, a little redemption. The guy. He deserves to have some. Deserves some. Yeah. And I think the writers think so too. I, I see them. I so I, we're gonna trust the writers. He's a hero, man. Yeah. He has been a hero and a champion for the show. He really has. And that's the way they've marketed him. Yep. So the hero has to have some win. Right. Right. Even if he is, it's a win and then he immediately gets killed. At least there's a win. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Um, Harold ends with, so can anyone put me up for the night? Otherwise, I'm going to have to wander around in the snow all night. Oh, you don't need to walk around in the snow. Yeah, I'm kind of for the uh, Sandman room reopening. <laughs> we did some remodeling. <laughs> Can't promise it's not a little haunted. <laughs> the cheesy ghost. <laughs> the cheesy ghost has been seen. <laughs> so look out for that. She's really bright. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's like comes with a little sleep mask. On. I was going to say, the room comes with an eye mask because of the... Bright ghost in there. <laughs> you know that bed is Norma's bed. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> we had to kick Romero out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Walked him back to the mama bear bed. <laughs> yes. Come on, crazy Romero. Lay <laughs> next to drunk Romero. <laughs> crazy septic Romero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Harold. Thanks, Harold. Next is from Vicky. <laughs> I like that her subject is just body. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Sue and M. I think Chick moving into the freezer was a bad decision. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did not turn out too well for him. <laughs> no. I can't believe how Romero took out Chick. Bang, you're dead, Chick. Chick, you talk too much, so adios. Chick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he was upset Norman was dead because it ruins his book? Or he'll miss Norman for real? Oh, that was real. I think it was real. That was not about the book. Nope. That was absolute concern for Norman. Yep. But well, no. I just loved his reaction when he found out he was alive. He's like, ha! Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he had enough for a book. That was... Yes. And especially his little... I bought his thing that they, you know, his first little conversation with Romero that, you know, it was more than just, you know, he said, what's what he's just saying that he befriended him sounded reductive. It's like, right. I really found a kindred spirit and, you know, all that stuff, whatever he said. Yep. He genuinely liked Norman. Kind of mama bared him a little, too. You, you mama bear Norman. You do. Yep. And he was a good book subject. <laughs> he was this little cash cow, also. 
<laughs> There's that too. But I think that was pure, you know, whatever your motivations are, that moment when he really genuinely thought he was dead, he was genuinely sad and relieved. Yep. yep. That was genuine relief. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this episode. It was so freaky that Norman, I mean mother, took over Norman's body by knocking him out on the toilet seat. <laughs> I also noticed that everywhere they were, it had snow on the ground. The motel, other places, stairs to the house, but there was no snow that I saw at the King's Motel. Didn't have snow. I just got very confused with that. Was it a continuity error? Okay, first thing, she sent an amendment that she rewatched, and she noticed there was snow at the King's Motel. Yep. Second of all, that was genuine snow. Carrie also... (laughs) had a little tweet about that that that's how they showed up to do the scene that there was just this icy snow everywhere and so that was vancouver at the time that was not snow machine or written into the script that was just reality in vancouver while they were filming I don't know what to think of the first meeting with Norman and Sheriff Green. At first, she thought he was doing it for attention. I was thinking this is not going to go like that. Every show pretty much I have pretty much has gone that way. I'm glad Bates didn't. Thanks, Vicky. So I'm guessing she's glad that she didn't just let him go and that was that. And now he's back at home. Right, right. That that seemed like an easy fix. Yeah, this is more interesting. It is. It is, for sure. They're zeroing in on him. And I think with the discovery of these bodies, there's going to be no uncertain terms he's guilty to me right I agree there's too much connection back to the hotel and I don't think Head Norma has done a great job erasing clues to tie them back no. plus just I don't know was it I don't know much about it is it all circumstantial evidence that it's the shower curtain I don't think so no, I don't think so. Plus, like, every dead body they're going to find, there's some sort of connection to Norman. Right. You know, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Does he still have the phone? We didn't see him throw the phone out. Jim Blackwell's phone? I don't know. He answered it at the end, and it ended that way. So that phone is still a possible... I'm... <laughs> I'm guessing he threw it in the lake mm-hmm. after he answered it, because that's how that scene ended. That episode ended was him answering it. I don't think he would have no. kept it. I don't either. I don't think Mother would have let him. But... I don't think so. Anyway, Bradley, everything everything can be related back to Norman. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to let the damn dog out. Okay. <laughs> well, let's just finish this though. Okay, we're going to do Vicky's other little things. We'll just key all right now. Yeah. Um, she says, hi, Em and Sue. I made a mistake. There was snow at the King's Motel. I watched the episode twice, and that's when I caught my mistake. Some more feedback. I think that Norman would have digested most of the pills he took before Mother thought she got them out. Wasn't it just... It was just like a couple minutes after he swallowed yeah. them. So I don't think so. Yeah, he swallowed them. She 
like did a hail mary appear <laughs> appearance because he swallowed the pills. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh, uh. Uh-uh. Oh so no, kinda, you didn't. Yeah, she kind of slams his body onto the ground and then pretty much drags him to the toilet and he throws him up. Yeah. He no, he wouldn't have. Uh, Mother ruined Norman's chance of being on the innocent side of Sheriff Green. She didn't play Norman right. She didn't have the childlike innocence Norman has. That Sheriff Green was originally drawn to. Yeah, she didn't try it at all. She didn't seem to try that tactic at all. I know. I know. That's interesting. She she did not try to act like him. Uh, That look Norman, as mother, gives Madeline when they are taking him down the hall at the jail was very freaky. Madeline looked scared. Yeah, that look stopped her in her tracks. Yeah. It was... Like, I don't think I need to finish this message to Sam. <laughs> I don't think you get it. <laughs> I think Sam's dead. <laughs> yeah, that was a freaky look. It was awesome. Um, Katie, Dylan, and Emma's baby looks like a frozen popsicle. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they should have given her a real baby or a doll that was movable. Thanks, Vicky. If I repeated myself in this email, sorry. Repeated. <laughs> um, yeah, those babies in those carriers can look like that, especially in the snowsuit. <laughs> and if they're asleep. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, okay. And then she says, Hi, Emma and Sue. Do you think Emma is in... White Pine Bay or near it since she is somewhere that has snow. Maybe she is on her way to see Dylan since it hardly ever snows in Seattle. What do you think? Thanks, Vicky. I had the same thoughts because I'm like, snow in Seattle? That's really rare. Right. But I still thought she was. I just, my thoughts were more like. I think she's, I think she's supposed to still be in Seattle, but. They're filming in Vancouver and it snowed. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I think that's kind of a, they're just going to have to go with that. Cause like I said, it really did snow. Yeah. That's my guess. Although uh, that's an interesting thought. They didn't say for sure. Except that, you know, why would she s- go with him and stay somewhere? Yeah. Cause I don't think Seattle's that far from White Pine Bay. So I don't it's not like she got halfway there and stayed somewhere. Right. Yeah, I think it was just... It's note on the set. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Vicky. Thanks, Vicky. And now we've got Matt. Hello, Yes, Mudda podcast. It's Matt sending in a comment card for The Body. Only two episodes after this one. Do you guys know if the finale is like double length or anything like that? Just, I just don't want the show to end. I mean, on the one hand, yeah, it should end. End strongly. End on your own terms. Don't completely whiff the ending, Carlton Cuse, as you are wont to do. <laughs> but on the other hand, yeah, I'm going to miss the show. So this episode was directed by Freddie Highmore. Is there anything this kid cannot do or did not do on the set did he also do the catering <laughs> probably well, I hope he has a long career both in front and behind of the camera quite thing the is, renaissance man uh, I do want to say although I'm enjoying the season a lot so far I 
feel like Vera has really been underused. I like it when she appears, had Norma, but she's kind of one note at this point. And I really, I really miss Norma Norma. So I'd like some real scenery chewing by Vera before we wrap this thing. <laughs> a couple notes about this episode. I was a little frightened when the sheriff started to say, you know what, Norman, I don't believe you. I think you just want attention. No, 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 no. <laughs> Do not say that. Now, I think at this point, she was just trying to um, trap him the way that she does, because she's that, you know, we talked about it last week. She's the she's the sober friend. She loves to trap you. <laughs> but I, it seemed like for a moment she was just going to let the kid go. Like, uh, nice prank, Norman. You can go now. No, 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 no. Uh, I did like her little crack there about her jail being not as nice as your motel. And speaking of motels, <laughs> the King's Motel that Dylan was staying at, I've been there. I've been to that motel. <laughs> it's in Horseshoe Bay, Vancouver. And uh, after going to the house and the motel and then going to White Pine Bay, which is also Horseshoe Bay, uh, walked up uh, walked up the street with Matt and Mel to that motel and went to the lobby where they had a photo of Freddie Highmore and Vera and they had I think they were autographed and yeah it's nice. it's, it's fun to see places that hey I've been I've been there no <laughs> Tim Hortons anywhere near that that particular place <laughs> Sue how did you feel when your very favorite character was <laughs> shot in the head by another of your very favorite characters <laughs> Did you feel all sorts of conflicted emotions? <laughs> Were you just giddy by the wonderful uh, spontaneity of it all and just how deserved that was? Because Chick is funny, but also extremely ghoulish and deserved it as much as anybody deserves that. I have to keep stopping my recording the jelly beans <laughs> Jelly Belly Factory couple weeks ago, I just had these bags of jelly beans. <laughs> I gotta eat them all. <laughs> uh, the one from the Harry Potter series, the cracked pepper, which is like yolk jelly bean, actually goes really well with the buttered popcorn. I'm all about the pepper one. I yep. that Norman would throw Madeline under that real bus. Of course he did, and I just feel bad for her. She's a nice person. She's a sad sack, but She's a nice person. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I this was a this was a solid episode. I I was surprised that it, it's continuing to head in the direction of Norman is going to actually go to jail or go to an institution, and there'll be justice for all the victims. Even though most of the victims were bad people, there'll still be some sort of measure of justice, and that's surprising because I kind of thought that he was going to get there, but. It's nice to see that the law enforcement in White Pine Bay is competent. The new sheriff must have cleaned house of all the corrupt officers after Merrill was incarcerated. But female law enforcement investigating quirky murders against a city backdrop, very Fargo-esque. But I like it. <laughs> I thought that too. <laughs> and then you murder all of us. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, the pepper jelly beans are no joke. <laughs> I love them too. Um, I guess people don't know this about me, but I am a pepper freak. Mm -hmm. Like, 
think a normal amount of pepper a person puts on their food, at least quadruple. <laughs> when it comes to me, <laughs> I love it too. Yeah, all about pepper. Mom did too. <laughs> so must be where I got it. Yeah, but, Rob uh, thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> Well, thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah, I'm doing okay. <laughs> yep. It's, it's the end of the show. Yep. Yep. And it was it was a funny death. So that's good. I have not hitting the typewriter and it ding and it's just still <laughs> one of my favorite things. <laughs> But I agree with them on missing Vera, over-the-top Vera. Yeah, you know, we knew. We discussed that. We talked about that at the end of last season, that it's going to be different. Yeah, she's going to be a different Norma. But then we started wondering, maybe she'll, you know, like after that first episode, we thought we might have some really great moments. And we've had some good ones. But for the integrity of the story and of the show and the story they're telling... I'm okay. We have such a wealth of wonderful Nora in Four Seasons. We do. And let me recommend, if you're on the Facebook group, and if you're not, join. Mallory posted this character, like a little video montage, a character study of Norma Bates, or it's called something like that. It's 19 minutes long. It's amazing. It's every Norma moment we love. Oh, see, I saw it, and I thought it was 19 minutes, and I'm like, oh, I've got to carve some time to watch that, and I haven't yet, but I'm excited. I just sat there and watched it, and tears came into my eyes at times. I mean, I'm like, I can't uh-huh. believe how much I love this woman, <laughs> you know? She's the best. <laughs> and it's put together by someone who obviously loves her as well, so it's really, it's mm. well done, and it's all your favorite moments, and it just makes you want to watch the whole series. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll that'll give you maybe that'll satiate you a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So yeah. Well, thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, the next comment card is from Kim, and she says, "Hi, Em and Sue. I wanted to watch this episode again before I wrote the comment, but I haven't had a chance to. So here are my thoughts." I think what bothered me was that Norma and Norman's secrets have been exposed. I guess that I like them living in their secret bubble. Last week I was hoping that there would be some twist that made it so that Norman didn't make the call to the police. So like the bubble pretending she's dead bubble? Yeah. Yeah, and I think just the police knowing, I think maybe she wanted that to be a hallucination by mm-hmm. Dylan or something, because he got hit in the head. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I not think of that. Yeah, it was a fun little bubble, but... Yeah. This it's is interesting. interesting, too. And yeah. this is movie stuff. Yeah, exactly. To me. So... Uh, she says, a few what-the-bit moments. One, mother throwing Norman on the floor and bashing his head. And no one saw this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was... That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing they had been with him a long time, put him in a scene, gave him his meds, and then took a break. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and they would have seen him throwing himself onto the floor. <laughs> I know. It would have been crazy. We got a little glimpse of that. They gave us a tiny little glimpse of her yeah. not being there, and it was awesome. Um, I wonder, like, if they have, do you think they have cameras, security cameras, and they're going to review it and see it? I would guess so. Yeah. yeah, I don't. It's a little place, and it's obviously like the, just the little sheriff's holding cell. The holding cell. So I would, I would guess that there's cameras in there. Yeah. So, um, and it's the same holding cell that Norma was in. It is. Yeah. Um. Two. Chick with the raccoon, flinging it around while talking to the police, then sitting and writing in the freezer. And he left the door unlocked. (laughs) 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 Um, Overall, this episode left me unsettled. Maybe I'll be better after watching it again. Kim in the candy corn room. Rebates. Rebates for Kim. (laughs) 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 Rob would be so pleased I'm using his term. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks, Kim. Yep, thanks, Kim. Our next is from Mike. Remember Mike from last season? He was the one that wrote us limericks. Limericks, yes. <laughs> um, his subject is comment card with All an right. exclamation point. <laughs> Good to have you back, so, Mike. Yeah. As well, I'm caught up. Finally, I told Emily that if my room has been given away, I totally understand and would be willing to sleep in my car in the parking lot or even the ice machine if that's what I need to do. (laughs) Of course, that ice machine is now part of a closed crime scene, so I wouldn't get much sleep in there. (laughs) Nope, we Uh, saved your room for you. Yeah, which room is he? Because he couldn't remember, and you were out camping last weekend, and I couldn't tell him because you had the spreadsheets. <laughs> oh, yeah. He is, I know he's in the motel. I want to get, like, room five. Let me let me put this up. Okay. He is, oh, he's in room 10. Room 10. All right, there you go, Mike. We saved it for you. It's a room with two queens, so if you don't mind Harold staying in the other <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I can't get any sleep with this Norma nightlight. (laughs) Going in with Mike. (laughs) I've got a trial in the morning. (laughs) Okay, he says, it's taken a lot to get caught up, mainly because of all the crap I do and all the baseball that I watch. But as of 8.30 a.m., I've done it. Well, good job, Mike. (laughs) Way to go. Bates is worthy of clearing a little space in a busy schedule. Yep. Um, He says, I can't say I'm 100% supportive of this season. And that may not be what you want to hear. We want to hear your thoughts, Matt. Or, sorry, Mike. (laughs) He says, I look forward to now catching up on your podcast this weekend, and I'll know how far apart we currently are. In fact, I'd say that your podcast is one of the few reasons I'm sticking it out. It's not that I think it's a bad TV show at all, but as a Psycho fan, I was interested in this show to see how they'd get us to the events of the movie. I'm not saying I wanted to reach a scene-by-scene repeat with or without Vince Vaughn, although I'm pro-Vince Vaughn in all situations. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I found myself disliking most decisions made to alter the source material. Again, it's not bad acting or writing or anything like that. It's great TV. But I'm just here for the cycle stuff, and I haven't been thrilled. I say we're fairly far apart, although we both have that little piece of our brain that are with you. Yep. Um, that being said, I love Chick. Like, I want to watch a baseball game and drink beer with Chick. <laughs> I never liked him this much in the past. But he's been the highlight of the season for me. I think he's the only sane person among them. And of course, spoiler, even that has been taken from me. Yeah. Bottom line is yeah. that I'm back for the end of the ride. I'll do my best to get you a limerick or something fun next week. Thanks for doing the podcast. You definitely add to the fun of the show, Mike. Oh, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, it's hit me a couple times during this season that Chick is like the sanest one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just crazy to say. <laughs> There's something to Chick. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've always kind of gotten and yeah yep saying this one I think you we've even said it yep well thanks Mike glad glad that you're back yeah for sure and sorry they're making some decisions you're not crazy with but like I've said they warned us that they're going to tell their own story so even I, being a big fan of the movie, um, with that in mind, I've accepted it probably a lot better than you have. Just right, right. I'm here for the ride, and I'm enjoying it. Well, yeah. I mean, there is the departure, but it's still, it's just done so well, I can't help but like it. Yeah. You know, and I'm a huge Agreed. fan of the original Psycho movie. Huge. So, I, I I just, I don't need this to fit in perfectly with the movie. I, I like the way that they're doing this. It's just, it's good writing. It's interesting. So. Yeah, I support them telling their own story. And I support, um, I support that. I support mm-hmm. the originality they're throwing in. Right. And with that being said, I love, love, love the little psycho Easter eggs that we get. The candy corn. Absolutely. Some of the shots. Yes. You know, I just... So I, I think... Jake they're... was eating his candy corn. <laughs> Did you see no, that? No, I didn't notice that. <laughs> he had his little bowl of candy corn and he puts, pops them in his mouth. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I thought so. Okay. So our next comment card is from Shannon. She says, Hi, Em and Sue. I'll just jump right into it. The legality of what mental health professionals must do regarding patients who are a danger to themselves or or others can be complicated and often differs from state to state. In general, you are right that if a person poses an imminent risk to themselves or others, that is a limit to doctor-patient confidentiality, and not only can a doctor break confidentiality at that point, but it is legally required to do so to protect the patient or the public. Okay, that's what I was looking for. That's what, yeah, makes sense. Uh, This gets tricky because the determination and, let's see, because the determination that a threat is imminent is often subjective and left up to clinical judgment. On the one hand, you would think if a doctor has any concern that a threat might be imminent, they should report it. However, reporting a threat 
as imminent can also land the doctor in hot water legally if it is determined that a competent professional would not consider the threat immediate and therefore confidentiality should not have been broken. Ugh, that must be <laughs> tricky. <laughs> yeah. Um, additionally, breaking confidentiality to report on a patient's suicidal or homicidal thoughts can cause irreparable damage to the therapist-patient relationship and is never something to be done lightly. Man. Um, I have had to have... I have had to have patients admitted into inpatient due to suicidal risk, but have luckily never had to report on a homicidal patient. I had one that I was mildly concerned about after a session. I followed up with them and was able to alleviate my concern without needing to report. This turned out to be the right decision, but it was very nerve-wracking waiting to see them again. If they had missed their next appointment, I probably would have panicked a bit. It's been years at this point, and although they aren't my patient anymore, I also know they never committed the homicide they fantasized about that day. So that's good. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just a little note, Shannon. We're trying to, since we're trying to um, put this all into one podcast this week, thank you so much for all the info on the legalities, but we're going to skip it for the read-through. Yeah. But that's cool. And she says it's cool. So Yeah. So. <laughs> but we totally appreciate the info because we've been very interested in this. And we'll make use of the info as we need it. Okay. So I'm just going to get to the recent episode part then. Because, yeah, we're trying to keep it not only to one podcast, but one recording session. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got camping to do. I've got stuff to do. Um. Okay. She says, regarding this most recent episode, I don't have a lot to say. I enjoyed it, although not as much as the last one. I don't enjoy Norman being in jail, as I can't see how he is going to get out of this one. He admitted to the murder, told them where to find the body, and they found the body. I know. <laughs> it's like, how are they going to get out of this? Um, Sam's body is wrapped in a shower curtain from the motel. This seems pro pretty open and shut to me. I'm worried that he is going to get convicted and maybe they will do a time jump for the last episode where he gets out of prison hospital all of Psycho 2. I hope I'm wrong, but there is no way they are going to grant bail for someone charged with multiple homicides. And I just don't see a believable reason for Norman to get out of this jam. I'm kind of favoring the uh, Romero sneaks in and shoots him and then maybe they shoot Romero. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe... He gets his shot in. If he kills him or not, he'll get his shot in, and then he dies, and that's... Um, yeah, yeah, maybe, like, next episode will be the Romero-Norman shootout in the jail, and then the last one will be some sort of time jump. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, am, I am open to the Psycho 2 time jump thing. <laughs> I know. I mean, with lesser writers, I would, I would say they have written themselves into a corner. But mm -hmm. I trust these guys to get out of it, and I don't think it's going to be very shishy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Because so. I, I am in favor of Norman living, but I'm also in favor of Romero doing what he needs to do. Right. So he could either get shot, or what if he's against Norma? And he makes the decision not to kill her. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. 
Well, that's just something else that could happen. And he gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets shot. <laughs> but he made the decision not to kill because it's, it's a piece of Norma. And he just can't bring himself to kill. Right. Yeah. Plus, it's Thanks. Norma's um, sweetest boy in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, it'll. We're gonna find out soon. <laughs> we are. <laughs> um, let's see. Shannon says uh, the writers presented a lot of opportunities in this episode, i.e., Sheriff saying he was making it up, had Norma pushing the blame onto Madeline. But Norman was in much worse trouble by the end of the episode, which was actually pretty surprising to me. I thought for sure the writers would wiggle him out of it, but they really surprised me by having the news tighten further. Same. I was really surprised they found the well. Yeah, me too. I really thought that was going to be Sam's tomb. <laughs> you right, know? yeah. I just thought, no way. So, And that the whole... Uh... Marion thing would come into play. Right, right, exactly. Her getting away. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, Romero made me sad. Also, I thought Chick was being kind of a jerk, basically laughing and dismissing Romero's pain. That was my thoughts. <laughs> yep, yep. As his words got louder and the music started to swell, I knew Romero was going to shoot him, so that didn't really surprise me. I wonder what's going to happen with Romero now. No spoils, spoilers for the preview next week. Um, except that it made the episode look pretty boring. <laughs> Which, <laughs> was it Julia that had the opposite effect? <laughs> so. Yeah, someone saw it and was like, can't wait. <laughs> um uh, which she says, which makes me think it's probably going to be the big episode of the season. I bet that it looks boring. I know. <laughs> hmm. Okay, <laughs> your logic astounds me. But... <laughs> um, I bet the next episode will be when everything hits the fan, and then the last episode be the resolution. Although you wouldn't be able to tell that from the preview. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, this email is even longer. I don't know how because I felt like I didn't have much to say. <laughs> Feel free to cut whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Shannon. Thanks, Shannon. Um, okay, so the interesting stuff I thought that we cut out of Shannon's email, it was basically about... Well, she said that Dr. Edwards in her opinion, wasn't culpable. And I agree. Mm-hmm. So it was mostly about homicide, which, um, yeah, there was a homicide with his mom, but that is not what I thought Dr. Edwards... I don't know. I don't know how to discuss it. It's like... <laughs> Should I just read it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay, she says, anyway, that was a lot of background information to basically say that I think Dr. Edwards was probably out of the woods in terms of a legal obligation to report on Norman's potential to commit homicide. The risk factors that I can see are Norman telling Dr. Edwards that he believes his mother is insane and killing people, paired with the fact that he actually becomes his mother, and his agitation during their last therapy session. 
However, Dr. E followed up with murder, the accusations Norman made, and they turned out to be, turned out to not be credible, credible, at least according to the police. While Norman's obvious agitation during their last session can be concerning, I don't think it would have been enough for Dr. Edwards to see him as an intimate risk. One of the issues being that Dr. Edwards does not have all the information. Norma should have come in at the beginning of the session and told him about the fight and about Romero's assertion that Norman had an axe and wanted to kill him. That's a good point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not to have blame entirely, as I also think Dr. Edwards made a mistake by not meeting with Norma separately for her take on her relationship with Norman and also not meeting with them together. I can't imagine treating an 18-year-old without having at least a few sessions, including their caregivers. Yeah, well, in this situation, Norma never would have done that. Nope. <laughs> she she woke up that next morning real shushy about the whole axing. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, basically. Well, he didn't. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Are you dead? <laughs> no. <laughs> So basically, I think a normal, level-headed person would have done that. Norma was not that person. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, I'll just read this next paragraph, too. Um, If Norma's death had been determined to be a homicide committed by Norman, and given that it occurred probably 12 hours after meeting with Dr. Edwards... Norma's family may have a civil case against Dr. Edwards for negligence, but I'm not sure they would win. It would depend on how well Dr. Edwards documented his steps to ensure Norman's and the public's safety. I imagine that a proper suicidal-slash-homicidal assessment was done before he left Pineview, and a safety plan was put into place. This would be something that Dr. Edwards would have drawn up with Norman to be sure he understands he must take his meds and attend his sessions. Or Dr. Edwards would take additional action... I imagine a phone call to Norman, then to Norma, then a police wellness check, and then Dr. Edwards coming out to his home personally. This is all keeping in mind that as far as Dr. Edwards knows, Norman is not violent and has never displayed any suicidal or homicidal tendencies. This is why it is so important to be open and honest with the child, family members, therapist. Contrary to popular belief, we are not psychics. Make sure we are working with the full deck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's... That's true. Dr. Edwards did not know about the axe incident with, you know. So he really didn't have a a reason to believe that Norman was homicidal. Not only did he not know about the axe incident, but Norma had been dishonest with him several times. Right. He's not a danger. He's not a threat. I'm not afraid of him. Right. She was asked that several times that season and always came up with uh no right so a resounding no you know like a no 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 right <laughs> he's the sweetest boy in the world right <laughs> what dr edward saw might have contract contradicted that but um but to jump to a homicidal conclusion based on what he experienced no you know yeah so that makes sense it does and he seemed to be very willing to go that way and to go to the courts, but Norma shut him down. Yep. Yep. So I don't want to victim blame either, but Norma, if anyone deserves a little victim blaming, it's Norma. (laughs) (laughs) She does. (laughs) She really does. I mean, this is a case where victim blaming is kind of deserved, you know? 
Yeah, she could have. It's made... not like she walked out in a miniskirt, you know, right. <laughs> asking to be raped. Right. This woman, she had a hundred op- opportunities to have everything go a different way. Right, and she not only just did not take them, she spun them in the opposite way. She poo-pooed them, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So. While victim blaming is not in fashion in this society, she deserves them. She does. I mean, I think there is a time and place for it sometimes. Sure. You know, and I don't think this is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, thanks, Shannon. That's that's yeah, very thanks. interesting. Okay. Um, one more feedback. We need to go to Twitter for that. Okay. She says, hi, Sue and M. Chick's name is Charles. <laughs> I know. Well, was. <laughs> Did we never know that? Um, It seems like there was one when he was introducing himself. He called himself Chuck and then it was like Chick. That's right. Yeah. I really think we already knew that because it didn't surprise me at all. I've never heard him called Charles. And man, yeah. I wish I knew that Chick was a nickname for Charles. I would have cha- called Charlie Casper Chick my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling him that now. <laughs> I don't think it's a normal nickname, but it certainly can be. <laughs> but yeah, Charles, that is great. He yep. when he introduced himself to Norma the first time, he said he probably said Chuck and then says Chick. He says he kind of stumbles over and then Chick people call me Chick. But he definitely told her something else first. Anyway. Um she says, "Well, was how are you holding up, Sue?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I love that everyone's asking how I I know. (laughs) As soon as Alex walked in, I knew it was over for Chick. And when it happened, I found myself laughing. Alex was in no mood for any bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, I felt his pain and Chick's voice was just too annoying for the current situation. I don't know what that says about me. LOL. (laughs) No, we hear ya. We... We get it. Yep. Same sort of feelings. But now that Chick's dead, it's up to Mother or Norman to tell Dylan about Caleb. Doesn't seem likely, but maybe that's why we saw him slamming Norman against the car in the trailer. I feel like Dylan's going to know it's not Norman in there. My thoughts is that there's going to be like a Dylan and Romero pouring over of all of Chick's material. (laughs) Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think that is going to be how they find out about a lot of stuff. Although Dylan knows a lot. So it could just be Romero. But that is a good way for them to find out about Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's probably how they're going to find out about Caleb. Um, she says, they mentioned Remo. I've been missing him. <laughs> Um, let's just not talk about the soul-crushing scene that was Alex walking through the house having glowing angel Norma visions. (laughs) (laughs) Shush. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I just really want to hear you ladies' analysis on Mother, because I have come to the conclusion that she is indeed real. 
and I'm even more terrified of her now. That icy look she gave Madeline sent chills through my whole body. I just want Norman to fight his way back and vanquish her forever. Everything I know about Psycho says that is not going to happen. <laughs> right, right. But it, it sounds like Kale had like kind of the same, not really epiphany, because it's not an epiphany, but just the... Oh, yeah, it's you. Just the, right. okay, she is just a completely different person. She is just a person all on her own, <laughs> you know? Right. Which I have never had a problem with. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've i always known, I just, I don't know, some about this episode, it just, that distinction was just clearer than it's ever been. Yeah, well, so I read an article on dissociative personality disorders um, in psychology today, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I saved it, I can read a little of it, but essentially... They are. They are a being in your head that has its own thoughts, feelings, moods, personality. Mm. Here's the deal that's kind of harder to wrap our minds around that that this was my epiphany, which I've thought a little about, but I thought a lot more about it now, is that that might be a lot easier to take if the thing that I think makes it confusing is that normally I don't think these personalities are based on a person. Mm, like a mm-hmm. person in the patient's life. Right, right. I don't think it's normally, okay, I've got this protector element. Because it said like 90% is caused by early childhood sexual trauma. Oof. And so I think normally they do. They Their brain, they can't handle it, so they lack of a better word, kind of split off into this personality that can handle it and that keeps all these things from them. But they've formed this new personality in this new section and that personality makes its own personality and has its own experiences and its own life. Normally, it's just that. And it's got its own name, you know, like say Norman's could have just been Brian. Right, right. His, and which I don't know, I didn't do any research, but I don't think, I've never heard of it ever being actually based on a person. Like a real person in their life. Yeah, which makes it confusing, I think. No, I I think that hits it right there. It just adds this weird element. It just adds a weird element that it's like, it's hard to wrap my head around. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. And to separate it from actual Norma, and then we make all these comparisons of the two, it's just that this one happens to be based on an actual person. Right, right. That makes sense. That, okay. I don't remember the exact stat, but in my research yesterday, I found it very interesting that a very high percentage, like, I am almost positive it's more than 75% of these split personalities is a different gender than the person. So the fact that it's a woman is not weird at all. Not even a little bit weird. Very often it is. Um, Now I can't remember if it's more common in men or women. Sexual assault is way more... Okay, I think... The weird thing is it's more common in men, but sexual assault assault is a lot more common in girls. It's like 1 in 10 hmm. 
a sexual assault victim, especially in youth, or probably not, but <laughs> a sexual assault victim is 10 to 1 girls. Yet, it seems to be the men that are developing the these dissociative personality disorders in a more common, is a more common occurrence. Anyway, just some little things I picked up. Interesting. But they're doing pretty good. From my research, they're doing a good job. And the fugue states, the blackouts, that is so part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, like, not... Yeah, and just, like, coming out of it, not realizing that they had been that other personality... No, they just, they have these blackout periods that they just cannot explain. That's more than just, I fainted. They will wake up in a different place, a different time. Wow. And oh. a different experience where they know things happened. Oh, how awful. Yeah. Horrible. So sad. Okay. Um, okay. Only two episodes left. I'm just scared. They've gone completely off the rails. I feel confused, excited, and nauseous all at the same time. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good sum up. <laughs> I feel all those things too. <laughs> Could you girls come to my room and keep me us company? And by us, I mean me and Dylan. I tucked him under my bed for safekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. We'll watch some more uh, Sandra D and. And Bobby Darren movies. Yes. Oh man. Dylan. Kale told me to watch. Uh, if if it, if a man answers, hang up. <laughs> I watched it. It was funny. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my word! It was so fifties. Oh, that's hilarious. These movies are so funny. They never would happen today. Never. <laughs> that's part of our charm and the horror of where women were <laughs> I know. 70 it's years like... ago <laughs> I know it's like catching five minutes of all in the family and you're like what <laughs> this was in the 70s <laughs> yeah I think this was actually the 60s so 40, 50, 60 years almost 60 years ago yeah, that's what passed for entertainment. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Good stuff. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you for telling me about it. Okay. All right. Well. Thanks, everybody. That was fun. That was good feedback. Thank you. All right. So on to the recap. Yes. Okay. So we open with the camera on Norman's face. His eyes are closed and Sheriff Green is talking to him. She sounds far away and she asks him to open his eyes. He doesn't look over and looks over and Head Norma is walking toward him. He closes his eyes again that opens them and looks over and Head Norma is gone. Norman says he needs his meds. His brother has them. He says he needs to take them and get out of the house. Sheriff Green says... What he said about Sam Loomis is very serious, and they are going to take him down to the station. And Norman says, and my meds. She says they will get the meds, but they have to get to the station and talk. He says he will tell her everything. 
Dylan is in the kitchen getting the cut on his head bandaged up. He sees Norman and Sheriff Green leaving and runs after them. He tells Norman not to say anything. He is getting him a lawyer. Dylan asks if he understands and says he wants to help him, and Norman doesn't say anything, and they drive Norman away. I really like this. I loved Norman just actively, very actively trying to keep her away. <laughs> it's like, if I get out of this house, it'll be better. And the meds, the meds, please. Please give me my meds. <laughs> it's desperation to get those meds in his system so she fades what's interesting well i know and man when he opens his eyes and looks over she is like aggressively walking towards him like Mm -hmm. i am so angry (laughs) (laughs) i just really enjoyed all that i did too oh and then we have the opening sequence yep okay next we see norman and green i'm just gonna call her green from now on (laughs) 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 in an interrogation room She is asking him questions about the night he killed Sam Loomis. She asks if he can show her again where the well is. He points on the map. She says, last time she asked, he said it was here and points at a different part of the map. He apologizes and said he wasn't himself that night. Ha ha. Put it like. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) She says they pulled two bodies out of the lake. He drove past that night. Blackwell and a female they cannot identify. She asks if he knows who she is. She asks if he killed them, and he says it's possible there is a lot he doesn't understand. She says she thinks he is making it all up. She says he had a crazy mother who died and left him a failing business. He is trying to act like an adult, but she sees him as a child, and children sometimes act out because they feel ignored. She thinks him calling this in is just giving him the attention he wants. Norman says he is lonely and has spent the last two years pretending he knows more than he does. He says, I killed Sam Loomis. I watched his eyes go blank. I did. Me. Norman. I did that. (laughs) That is one thing I know for sure. She asks why and he says he doesn't know. Yeah, her little explanation sounded like someone that had been to a college class on it and has never really interacted with actual kids and stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was a little clunky to me. Yeah. And so I just want to like cry foul on her saying they pulled multiple bodies out mm-hmm. of the lake when it was really only two. Yeah, I don't like that either. You don't call two multiple. Sorry. Two is a couple. Two is a couple. Three or more is a few. few. And then anything more than four, I'd say, is multiple. Yeah, totally. So I think it's weird she said multiple when it was really only two. So that means I haven't found Dr. Edwards or Bradley. Yeah. Which would have justified multiple. (laughs) Yes. So, so whatever. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> and I just like how Norman's like, it was me. Me, Norman. I did that. <laughs> Not mother. <laughs> I would have enjoyed if he had said that. I know. We, we know where he was, what he was trying to say there. Right. <laughs> um, um, I also just want to give a little shout out to... When she asks why, and he says he doesn't know, I liked that. I felt like it kind of helped my theory that he just kind of did it. Right. 
he was like driven to it at the time. Right. And he really doesn't know why he was. Because I still, I feel like mother had a little bit of a hand in it. I think, I think you're right. I think she did. And he just was driven to it in some sort of um, trauma. The trauma of seeing what he saw just kind of drove him to it at the moment. Right. Almost like a, maybe like a temporary insanity. I mean, that's funny talking about Norman. But it was just the Norman part. It wasn't. Or like maybe like an instinct. Like. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's interesting because they talked about how he wanted to kill Sam. And it, when he was older, he would do it. You know. And then. Right. So, yeah. When you That's... say instinct, that makes a lot of sense. That he's like, I'm big enough now. And I just saw all this trauma of what Sam did. So, I've got that reawakened in me that I will kill him if I can. And, and so, this was just a proxy, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, people have cried foul that he wasn't a really good proxy Sam, but I think it was good enough. He wasn't exactly Sam. I mean, he right. wasn't as horrible of a person. He wasn't a wife beater and all of that, but I think under the circumstances it worked okay. I think so. I'm satisfied with it. I still think Caleb would have been a better, better shower victim, but, you know. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Yep. But, okay. Um, so next we see a couple of cops put Norman in a holding cell, and one of them hands him his meds. He takes the meds. He closes his eyes, and we see head Norma sitting next to him. She says, what did you do? And then she throws him to the ground. <laughs> he... <laughs> He says, you were going to hurt Dylan. She says, so what? He abandoned you. He says, he's my brother. She says, I'm the only one that you have. She grabs Norman and drags him over to the toilet and says, I'm the only one who's going to protect you. She sticks her fingers down his throat and he throws up the meds. She sits on the floor with him and tells him he knows he didn't mean it. He's sick and weak. She says, I know you think I'm a monster. I know you still believe that there are good people who are fighting in this world for good. But honey, there is no good. It's just life, what is, which is hard and cruel and undeserving of your kind soul. I know you tried. I know you did. You tried so hard for such a long time. But hun, you are in a big pickle. Norman, you are. And I'm not mad at you, but I just can't let you do any more damage, okay? It's time for me to fix this. He says he doesn't think she can fix this. She says, oh, you're right. I can't. Not with you here. Forgive me. And she slams his head against the toilet twice and he loses consciousness. She tells him she is going to wake him up when things are safe again. couple things. <laughs> <laughs> one, I find it really interesting that one side of his personality can, like, hit him in the head and knock him out. That is weird. <laughs> yep. I don't know the logistics to that. I just go along for the ride there. That's a version of shushing. (laughs) 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 I know. Okay, you must know better than me. (laughs) Shushing is when I feel I know better than them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Two, my biggest takeaway of this um, interesting and kind of sweet little scene is how much this Norma was like real Norma and how much 
she is projecting her experiences onto him. Yeah. I I was thinking that too when I was watching this, especially on my second watch when doing the recap. It's like this head Norma is Norma, but the angry Norma. Yeah. Where alive Norma was Norma, but kind of the shushy and happy Norma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Like, like this is Norma, just the really angry, dark Norma, you know? It is. And she's really, I know that she thinks she's his protector, but she's really ruining things for him because, I mean, yeah, he's got some bad childhood trauma and memories. Mm-hmm. Pushing that aside, <laughs> <laughs> I think real Norman, without head Norma there, could really have some good. Yes. And be okay and live in a world where there is kindness and good in it. I absolutely. I that's why I think head Norma just only sees the bad in the world and she is like she is like just a combination of the cruelty and violence and abuse and rape that she experienced when she was alive. And well, that's because those are the memories she has to hold on to and she has to protect, protect so him from. That is her reality. That is her reality is that life is just awful and abusive and violent and rapey. Yeah. And it's just, it's like not only that stuff, but she I mean, a lot of crap. Norma Jean, Norma, or sorry, <laughs> Norma Louise had a horrible life. She yes. was dealt a horrible card. Yes. And that happens, and it sucks. But Norman wasn't dealt as bad of a card as her, but he has to carry all of that baggage because he's he built this Norman inside his head that sees it all right and keeps it but it's just it's it's tragic because Norman is a good boy and he is a nice kid and he could make something of himself but now he's saddled with this exactly yeah if he didn't have this this head Norma I think he would have a decent life and a happy one and see good in the world yeah because he does it's her that doesn't yeah, and that's just part of the tragedy. It's yeah, really sad. It is, it is. But you know, when you just when you think of it that way, you know, what what it is that created this head norma, it it, it kind of makes sense why she's so murdery. She's just so angry and just hates everything, right. you know. Right. It just kind of makes sense. It does. Man, this show's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, but hon, you are in a big pickle. <laughs> I know. I love it when she's like, forgive me. And then like, bam. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was awesome. <laughs> and then just like, I'll wake you up when <laughs> when this is all fixed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Yep. Uh, next, we see Dylan at a cafe with the lawyer. Dylan tells her his old friend Remo gave her his card. Gave him her card and said if he ever got in trouble, she was the one to call. She asks, what? She knows what she asks what she needs to know about Norman. 
Dylan says, Norman is nice and a good person, but he has another side to him. Multiple personalities. Dylan says things got really bad a couple of years ago and his mom wouldn't deal with it. So Dylan left. She asks what kinds of things. Dylan tells her his mother-in-law stayed at the motel and they haven't heard from her since. He says it's possible she didn't want anything to do with them. She says people don't disappear without a trace. And Dylan says he's looked for her. Dylan says he doesn't know if Norman did what he confessed to, but he really needs to be in a mental facility. He is crazy. Uh, first, so I, oh, go ahead. I, at first, I thought this was the lawyer that Norma and Norman had gone to when she was oh, yeah. accused of murder, but... She was Latino, too, wasn't she? I thought so. This, I just, she had an air of special guest star to her, so I looked her up, and she is a main character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, is she? Mm-hmm. Oh. Nice. I like her. She's just, yeah, like, that's who I want on Norman's side. <laughs> yeah, she seems kind of high-powered. She seems no-nonsense. She does all the classic defense attorneys you denied him his pills, you know. Yep. <laughs> his meds. Get those handcuffs off and all of that. And I feel like, I kind of like that there seems to be just kind of a shady side, perhaps, too. Yep. Yep. So. Willing to get dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Willing willing to cross maybe some lines. Maybe. <laughs> I, I think I base most of that on... Uh, just the fact that she's the one that the drug business goes to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I may be selling her short or whatever. And, you know, no judgment there. You're a character lawyer. Do what you do. <laughs> no, I think they want us to think that. Yeah. You know. I mean, if Dylan's like, oh, I just found you in the yellow pages. But no. I know. I was going to say. Specifically he could have Googled yeah. good lawyers in White Pine Bay and seen a good ad and yep. called her. But no, I think it seemed pretty. Yeah. Um, okay, so next we see Head Norma in the holding cell. Green walks in and asks how he is feeling, and he says, P.T. King, thanks for asking. She sees his face and asks what happened, and he says, he is clumsy, and this is a small space. She says, I may, she says, I need to go back to the interview room, and he says, so your little sidekicks can watch me through that two-way mirror like I'm a lab rat? She says, it's standard procedure. He says, oh, is it standard procedure to question someone who is mentally ill without a lawyer present? This is just so Norma. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> she tells him he said he didn't want a lawyer and asks if he remembers that. He says, of course I remember that. You just shouldn't let me take my meds. You just wouldn't, wouldn't let me take my meds, so I was not able to think clearly. She asks if he is requesting a lawyer now, and he says, actually, Jane, I think I'd rather leave. I mean, I know I said a bunch of crazy stuff, but that's just what happens when I stop taking my meds. <laughs> so so I do apologize if I've inconvenienced you, but I'd very much like to go home now. So Norma, too. Oh. Like, well, you know, I didn't take my meds, so just let me go. Let me go. <laughs> uh, she says he confessed to murder, so they need to talk. He says he knows his rights, and unless she is going to charge him with something, he's leaving. She puts him under arrest and reads him his rights, and Norman argues with her the whole time. He says they have no proof, and she says that is not how it works, and she leaves. <laughs> I was like, 
calls Dylan an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> when he's arguing through his Miranda warnings. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he can be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Next, we see Chick pulling up to the motel, listening to John Denver's Back Home Again. He sees cops and crime scene tape at the motel. He gets out of his car, and a policewoman walks up and asks if she can help him. He says, probably not. What's all the hubbub? She tells him the motel is closed for business. Chick opens his trunk and takes a bag out of it. She says the motel is an active crime scene. He says he has a business meeting with the owner. She asks what is in the bag, and he pulls out a dead raccoon. She says the house is also an active crime scene. Chick says, is he dead? She asks his name. He says, shit. Hogan, Charles Hogan. People call me Chick. Can you just please tell me if he's dead? She she says he is not dead. Chick says, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> she asks about the business he has with the owner, and Chick slams the bag into the car and says he brings Norman animals to taxidermy. He asks if it's a murder investigation, and she says she cannot tell him. He says there wouldn't be that many cops if it wasn't, and they wouldn't care who he was if it wasn't. And he throws the bag with the raccoon in it into the car and gets in and says, damn. And he starts the car and drives off. So, yeah, fun chick scene. I just love how he's just slamming that bag with the raccoon in it all over the place. I know. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty good, and I I loved his relief. And yes, I was surprised that that's the first place he went was that Norman was dead because I would have gone. Who did he kill? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. But I like it when he gets back in the car and he just goes, "Damn," <laughs> you know. It's like <laughs> yep. he's probably just like, "What happened?" <laughs> Oh, yeah, and he's thinking they probably found Norma's body. Yep, yep. Since the house was also part of it, and he has no idea he moved it. It's just funny. Yeah. Uh... Which could actually, he still doesn't know anything, so. Yeah. What happened between here and ending up in the mausoleum? I really feel like he was also just kind of playing fast and loose. Yeah. Almost like, this is the end, man. <laughs> I'm going to get caught. Norman's going to confess. He's going to spill everything. I just think there's an element there kind of like that also that made him be a lot more callous. And Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, pretty soon this is all going to end, so i got to take what I can get. Mm-hmm. It changes your attitude. <laughs> It you know that's how Romero's been running for a while now, right? Romero broke out of prison. He has no life. I mean, he can run, but he's going to be running his whole life. I just don't feel like that's what he has up his sleeve. It's just this kind of attitude. It when you kind of think your your gig is up. Exactly. Exactly. I think you do get a little bit of reckless and a little like tunnel vision type uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. And I think that was a play for both of them in that last scene. I think, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, next we see the lawyer at the station and they bring Norman in 
in handcuffs. She tells the cop to take the handcuffs off. He hasn't been formally charged. The lawyer gives the cop a lot of crap and he leaves. Norman says she Norman says she and the cop seem familiar and she says she is their least favorite nuisance. She says she is Julia Ramos and her brother hired her on a retainer. He asks what Dylan has told her and she says the bare minimum and Norman says horseshit. Let's be clear, Julia. <laughs> if we do <laughs> that this was so normal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and this is the scene where I think we saw him in the reflection as with the wig, I think. Okay. No, it's not. It was never mind. Because he came in in handcuffs. Never mind. Um So he says, Horseshit, let's be clear, Julia. If we do this, you work for me. He says he guesses guesses Dylan told her something about him being nuts and needing medication, blah blah blah. He says if the plan is to put him in a mental institution, she can walk right out the door. She says, Okay, she works for him and will proceed down any path he wants. He says he didn't do it. She says he confessed, which isn't ideal. He says he wasn't on his meds and didn't know what he was saying, and she says that will help, but he also told them where the body is. They are going to do a thorough search, and if they don't find anything, they should be fine. Suddenly we see Head Norman instead of Norman. Head Norman says, but if there is a body? Julia, or Julia, says he will need to explain why he lied about murdering the body. Head Norman says, and why would someone lie about something like that? Julia says, someone else would have had to have killed Sam Loomis. Head Norma gets a slight smile on her face. <laughs> the wheels <laughs> are turning in Head Norma. <laughs> I know exactly who. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I just love it. She's like, and if they do find a body, why would someone lie? <laughs> <laughs> and that might be where we... I don't exactly know. I know who does know. <laughs> I don't exactly know. So defense attorneys are going to be a defense attorney whether their client is guilty or not. Right. Everyone deserves a fair trial. But I feel like this was a conversation where they both know he's guilty, but it was kind of a wink-wink to me. And I think both people in the conversation knew exactly that it was a wink wink <laughs> yes <laughs> kind yeah. of the if there was a body and you know just hypothetically say there was a body and so the lawyer explains a good scenario that it could be you know without without either of them saying it right i think they both know that he did it and that there is a body and how could i possibly get out of it Yep, and that's where I feel shady, lawyer, because that seems shady to me. I, agree. I mean, I realize that everyone does deserve a defense attorney and a fair trial, but as far as the defense attorney knowing for sure that the client's guilty or not, I would guess there's a way you go about in court, and I think she would go about it the other way. Yes, no, I agree. I I think she knew full on that she was telling him what to say if they found yeah. a body. I think she mm -hmm. full on knew that she was putting that in his head, you know. Yep. This would be something I could work with. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do this, but I, I'm not telling you to do this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. What? You'll see. It's them. me again. You'll see the mistake okay. I made. <laughs> 
Next, we see Dylan pull up to the other motel in town. He calls Dylan. We see... I meant Emma. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Dylan also has multiple personalities, and the other one is him. (laughs) (laughs) He calls Emma. We see her outside sitting on a bench holding Katie. He tells her he's staying at the King's Motel. She asks why not the house. He tells her no more secrets. And then he proceeds not to tell her anything. (laughs) I I just thought that was weird. (laughs) To say no more secrets and then not really tell her anything much. He says it's not about her mom. Norman is in jail because he called the cops and confessed to murdering some guy. He says he thinks Norman is really sick and confused. He tells her he had to hire a lawyer and she wasn't cheap and they will figure it out. She says, of course, and then says that she's worried about him. He says he is fine and they hang up. Um, Yeah, so when he said no more secrets, I'm like, ooh, he's going to tell her that he thinks he's his mother (laughs) and that she's a killer. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) But then he's just like, eh, he's really sick. (laughs) I was just looking forward to Emma hearing that. (laughs) Yeah, I... But better be seen for herself. I'm holding out for that. Yeah, I... Well, when he said no more secrets, it doesn't seem like a secret that he would keep is that Norman called and confessed to murdering some guy. No. Could it have been about hiring the lawyer? (laughs) Being like, are you going to be mad that I spent all this money? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) So, yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, so... But yeah, I think Emma telling him that she's worried about him. I don't know. I think that's foreshadowing. It felt foreshadowy, but I still feel like he's going to make it. I hope so. But it's going to be close. Yeah. Because Norm is in charge now, at least for the time being, and Dylan is not safe when Norm is in charge. No, because Head Norma loves Dylan, but also kind of finds him to be in the way. All right. He's he's a menacing kid. He's, yep, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to make Norman better, which would make her go away. <laughs> she doesn't want to go away. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the enemy. Yeah. And I meant meddling kid, not menacing. Meddling kid. He's he's the meddling kid. Yep. So next we see Julia, Head Norma, and Green in the interview room. Julia asks why they haven't filed formal charges. The courts are open. Green says her secretary is slow with the paperwork. Green says Norman wanted to tell her something, and Julia says yes. Despite all they've done to him that night, he still wants to cooperate. And now we see Norman, not head Norma, and Julia says he is under no obligation to do this. He says he wants to. He says he feels terrible about all the trouble he has caused. He says he doesn't know where the body is or even if there is a body. He says he fell in love with a married woman, Madeline Loomis. He says, boy, was I lonely after my mother died. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Head Norma just shines. Just yep. like... <laughs> I'm going to spin a tail. Yes. Sit down, you two. <laughs> <laughs> this boy loved his mother so much. <laughs> <laughs> Her hair was light years long. (laughs) (laughs) 
And Madeline, she reminded me so much of her. She dressed like my mother, laughed like her. She dressed like my mother because I gave her all of her best friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, she dressed like her before, yeah. kind of. Um, laughed like her. It was like they shared the same indomitable spirit, and I was undone. This isn't making Norman look very good. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Madeline was a very... Was very lonely, too, with good reason, because Sam was having an affair. And I know this, because he would come to my motel to have his fun. Nasty, nasty, nasty. (laughs) Man. (laughs) When Madeline found Al what was happening, she showed up enraged. And let me tell you, it was quite the scene, Sheriff. The mistress, she took off. Those tire marks you saw in the gravel, they were from her. She's like, check. (laughs) (laughs) Cooperates my story. (laughs) And Madeline and Sam, they went off together. Then Madeline came back later that night, distraught, shaking. She seemed in shock. She was terrified. She said that she thought her life was over and that she could feel this noose tightening around her neck because of what she had done. And she told me Sam was dead, something about the woods and a well. And she just sobbed in my arms and then she kissed me. Norman wipes away a tear and says, I mean, what I felt for Madeline was probably a form of delusion. It was madness, you know. (laughs) I know that now, but she was just so fragile, Sheriff. Do you think that was head mother? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Being like, (laughs) had to have been delusion. (laughs) There's no way he loves anyone but me. (laughs) It was madness, you know. I know that now. But she was just so fragile, Sheriff. She was so vulnerable. And I suppose after my mother's death, not being able to save her, I wanted things to be different for Madeline. And that is why I decided to take the blame. And he wipes more tears from his eyes. He says, looking back with the benefit of hindsight, I fear I may have been an easy target for her. My mother did always say I was too naive about beautiful women. And my mother was always right. (laughs) (laughs) And then she does a little satisfied smile yep <laughs> like that was perfect <laughs> and i am always right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so head norma just throws madeline under the bus <laughs> yeah man that was awesome yep and horrible yep and just... i found it odd that she took them away from the hotel because, I mean, I'm sure Mother feels like they wrapped everything up neatly with the Sam burrito. But fact is, it makes a lot of sense to keep them at the hotel room where she probably killed Sam and then cleaned it up and hid the body. Because that is where it happened. So if there's any sort of evidence, like a shower curtain wrapped around him, or any blood whatsoever left in room one then that corroborates the story better. I just found it odd that she took him out of the hotel. Right, right. That's true. Didn't have to. No, but this Madeline, blaming Madeline is just such an afterthought. Yeah. You know, 
So, I don't know. And man, the look on Sheriff Green, I, she, I just don't think she buys it for a skin. <laughs> no, and then, you know, to Madeline's reaction was very genuine looking. I mean, that was a great acted scene Yes, on her part because yes. she really, truly, you know, I'm sure the sheriff was still looking for clues watching her reaction and her reaction was perfect. It was, uh, <laughs> I had no idea my husband was dead. This is all a shock. Right, right. Well, cause, yeah, I mean, Madeline's still dealing with just finding out he's been having an affair. And it's, you know, it's probably natural for there to be a couple days where you just don't see each other after that news, you know. She kicked him out. She locked him out of the right, house. Right. Yes, she went looking for him. But I don't think for a minute she suspected he died. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't think she wanted him dead, you know. No. So, yeah. She doesn't look like she did. Mm-mm. Uh, next, we see Madeline and Green in Green's office. Green says she knows I contacted her earlier about her husband's whereabouts. Madeline says no one told her anything and asks why they are looking for him. Green says they have reason to believe something happened to him. Madeline asks what, what she means, and Green asks if she knows Norman Bates. Madeline says yes, and Green tells her that he called the station the night before and said he killed her husband. Green says they have no evidence that he is dead, but he does appear to be missing, and she felt an obligation to tell her. Madeline starts crying, and Green says she hates having to tell her this, but they need to be able to ask her questions. Green asks if she knows why Norman would have claimed to have murdered Sam, and Madeline says she doesn't know. She's only known him a few weeks. He likes her store, bought some paint and shower curtains for the motel. Green says Norman appears to be infatuated with her and asks if there is any basis for the infatuation. Madeline doesn't say anything. So. She could have said, he keeps saying I look like his mother. (laughs) Well, she could have also admitted to have invited Norman over and having kissed him and stuff. So she's like. I don't think she wanted to admit that. I don't think so either, but I wonder if somehow that is going to make her end up looking suspicious. Because she didn't mention it? Because she withheld information and Green flat out asked her, why would he be infatuated with you? Well, to be honest, we don't see the end of that scene. We don't, but... She kind of is like, Ugh. <laughs> know, like, we made a sexy cake and kissed. <laughs> <laughs> a sexy cake that was not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I have a feeling Madeline didn't tell her. And I wonder if that is just going to kind of just give enough credence to Norman's story. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I find it interesting that Madeline didn't say, but maybe she did off camera. I don't Maybe I'm putting too much into it, but I don't know. Well, it's possible. We haven't seen any what's up next, so we don't know if Norman's out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen him at home. We just, I don't know. The last thing 
I could remember from that original really spoilery all season preview we saw after like episode one or two was Norma kind of saying, you know, I knew this would happen when she uh, knocks him out and is like, I've got to, sorry to have to do this. Right. And so I thought that was the moment where mother takes over entirely. And actually, I think, I thought she drowns him in the toilet. Oh. From that preview. And I thought that was the killing of Norman entirely. Right. What happens in the movie cycle that mother takes over entirely. I thought that that is what we see. So did we finish that paragraph? Yep. Okay. Next, we see Maggie sleeping in a chair in her living room. Romero walks in and looks through her things and finds a gun stuffed under a pillow on her chair. He takes the gun and leaves. I thought this was another slight, maybe passive-aggressive dig at our current administration again. Did you hear the radio program? (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. It was someone talking, I think it was to Dr. Jill Stein. They were talking about CO2 emissions. Oh, (laughs) And climate change. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I was like, here's another one. Yeah, this, I don't know, this scene was weird. I mean, she must be a super heavy sleeper. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) Why did she have the gun, like, under the little chair pillow? I don't know. I guess she's really keeping a tight watch on that gun. I think it was his gun and I think it was it's yeah. you know like the giant in the Jack and the Beanstalk <laughs> got the key you know in <laughs> right. his pocket. It's just like keep it on me. Keep it as close to me as possible. She probably didn't expect to take such a deep nap. Or perhaps so. not a nap at all. Yeah. Those were my thoughts. It was a weird scene. It was. Well, but, you know, Nomero's got his gun and he left. So it served its purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Next, we see Green outside. A deputy walks up to her and hands her a file and says they have news. She looks at the file and says to put Norman back in the interrogation room. The deputy says his lawyer says he isn't talking anymore. And she says that doesn't mean he should be comfortable. <laughs> and now no one knows why I'm so proud of that <laughs> she wants him to know he is being watched yep so I knew right away that that file was like identifying the female as Audrey yeah me too or Bradley and Bradley would have been damning to Norman also yeah yeah true Bradley is in the trunk, and we didn't see a car being pulled out. Right. How did they find two bodies and not a car? I don't know. That's Could it have been in a totally different area? Of course it could have been. It could have been, for sure. But it's just weird. There's not four bodies. <laughs> that, there's yes. still just only two. <laughs> Ugh. I see. Shishing it. Yeah, and... It just seems like we're running out of time, and wouldn't it be great to have all the bodies? You know. 
Except maybe it'll just be one of those things where they can't directly link him to the death of these two bodies in the lake. But then they'll find Bradley and Dr. Edwards and be like, all right. <laughs> right. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> this is your girlfriend and your This is beyond coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot shush this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's exactly what they'll say, too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we see Madeline walk out of the restroom, and she leaves the sheriff's station and calls Sam and leaves a message telling him he needs to call her back. The police are looking for him, and he owes her that. While she's leaving the message, a couple of deputies are inside escorting Norman to the interrogation room, and he looks at Madeline as they walk by. I don't know how to describe the look except for frightening. (laughs) (laughs) We all can picture it right now. Yes, I know. It's ugh. But I love that it just stops her dead and she's just like, whoa. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Because probably, she's probably like, there's no way Sam is dead, you know? Because the Norman that she's known has just been nothing but nice and sweet and, you know. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. And I am giving a shout out to the actress. She did great. Isabel McNally, I think she is. She did a fantastic job, and this, I think, I heard that this is her television debut. Oh, and I just, I don't know, I get a little warm fuzzies that she's a good actress, and she just she got this break because she looked so much like like Norma or Vera Farmiga. And that's awesome. I know, it's great. See, just she got her, she happened to get this great break because she looks like her and she's doing a bang up job. She doesn't just look like her. She's 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 a good actress. She's a good I actress really too. Yep. buy her scenes. Yep. Oh, she was in House of Cards. I guess that's not considered Oh, cuz it's a Netflix TV. show. Yeah. yeah. Nope, she's doing awesome. I wonder what's interested to see what her fate's going to be. Yeah, me too. Um, So next we see Dylan in his motel room and there is a knock at the door. It's green. She says she isn't there about his brother. She tells him they pulled two bodies out of the lake a couple days ago and they just identified one of them as Audrey Ellis. They confirmed it through dental records. She says she wanted to tell him so he could be the one to tell his wife. He says she wanted to tell him so she could gauge his reaction. She says she understands loyalty and the instinct to protect his brother, but she has seen families destroyed by less than this and tells him to consider cooperating with them. It won't feel good, but it's the right thing to do. He says goodnight and goes back into his room. So yeah, again, a little shishy about the dental record thing and them knowing that Audrey is Dylan's mother-in-law. I Not just whatever how about that these were townies you know before they moved out and just because the sheriff was new doesn't mean the whole place is new yeah but audrey never lived there yeah you know but her ex-husband was a business owner in the town but But i don't think anyone has ever said she's a missing person Right. Or anything like that. Plus, so there is no reason for her to be on the radar at all. 
well, and she's Audrey Ellis, not Audrey Decody. I, you yeah. know, it just it's just a little shishy. It is. It is. You know. I agree fully. Not enough to like get all up in arms about, but mm, no, I I'm struggling to come up with something. <laughs> is all I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That there's a way they could explain the shush away. Maybe mm, no. There's only two episodes left. We won't see it, so <laughs> we'll just have to shush. I can do it. Next, we see Romero walk up to the motel at night. He walks behind it and up to the house. There is sheriff's tape on the front door. He rips it off and goes inside. He walks into the living room. Then he walks over to the stairs and sees Ghost Norma walking up them. And she turns around and smiles at him and she disappears. He goes up the stairs and stops and looks at the place by the window where she died. Oh, that was sad. That's exactly what you'd do. Oh, Um, for sure. The light turns on in her bedroom and Ghost Norma is sitting at her vanity and turns around and smiles at him and disappears. And he walks over to her bed. So the second appearance of Ghost Norma is the one that redeemed me that he's just like in a cuckoo spot. (laughs) 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 The first one was a lot cheesier to me. Mm -hmm. And like, ooh. (laughs) Yeah. I can't deny that there weren't a few feels... um, Amongst all the like cheesy sirens going off in my head. <laughs> oh sure, there were still feels too. There were absolutely, but when the light of her like captures his attention and he's like, "Ooh, yes, exactly." exactly. <laughs> I was like, "Oh boy," because it's like the light came on and that's what made him turn. So it's like, huh? <laughs> you know, right? Well, that was more than just cheesiness, right? Right? Because I buy looking at the stairway and remembering her walking up him in those in that robe and then yeah. like seeing her but the light turning on and then him turning to the light mm. <laughs> <Thumbs> up <laughs> <laughs> something's going on in Romero's brain Romero <laughs> lie down <laughs> <laughs> yeah um as far as the effect effects Mm-hmm. Oh, not great. Not great. But <laughs> oh well. <laughs> How could you make that look good? I guess <laughs> I know that's <laughs> more more like her being lit up than light shining on her. You know yeah, what I, you know what I mean. Yeah. So because this was like light shining on her. Yeah, that's that mm-hmm. I uh, I appreciated. <clears throat> that fugy, feverish or whatever Romero pictured <clears throat> some black fishnets on her legs <laughs> <laughs> underneath the rope. <laughs> I did not notice that. <laughs> yep. You see a good hunk of leg and knee and it's it's covered in black fishnets. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Norman's a little sexy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just a little detail that <laughs> fevery <laughs> Romero just added <laughs> just because <laughs> uh, next we see head Norma in the interrogation room she whispers just be patient Norman 
If this goes well in the morning, you can come back and keep me company. I don't mind admitting that I miss you. So, I guess he's stirring in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> she's like, nope. <laughs> I just, I don't know. That's just kind of cute. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> I don't mind admitting that I miss you. <laughs> I'm not on <all> business. <laughs> oh, those two. <laughs> Norma and Norman. <laughs> yep. Um. So next we see the air vent under Norma's bed, and we see Romero sleeping. He wakes up. He can hear someone talking. He walks out of the room, and we can hear Norman's voice talking and a typewriter. Romero goes down to the basement, and Chick is in the walk-in freezer, typing and wearing some sort of animal pelt on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Romero walks in, aiming his gun at him, and tells him to get his hands up. Chick says, well, hey, you mind if I turn off this tape recorder first? He turns off the tape recorder and says, do I have to put my hands up? It's stupid. <laughs> Romero <laughs> asks what he is doing there. Chick says it's difficult to explain. <laughs> That's like the understatement of the year. <laughs> Chick says it's difficult to explain, and Romero tells him to try. Chick says, all right, well, where to begin? This looks weird. All right. <laughs> Starting simple. <laughs> <laughs> after Norma died, Norman felt lonely. And I felt lonely after my kid and wife took off, so we became friends. You know, but when I say it like that, it sounds, you know, reductive. It wasn't just a friendship of necessity. I recognized in Norman that he had the soul of an artist. When I was in college. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> Romero says, Chick, Chick, what are you doing here? Chick says, you want me to say that he's crazy? I wouldn't say that he's crazy. Romero says, oh, really? I would. Chick says, okay, maybe the world tosses that word around too much. Chick, <laughs> let me stop you here. <laughs> We are not just tossing it around when it comes to Norman. Like, you gotta know that. You are the only other peer person that's alive that knows he dug Norma up. And that's not talks to her, thinking she's actually there yes. next to him. You remember dinner? Remember that dinner scene? It's, like, it's not tossing We're the word not around. Tossing. We're not tossing it around willy nilly here. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> oh, Chick. Uh, Romero says he killed his mother. Chick says, and he loved her. Romero puts his gun down, takes a couple of steps closer, and aims his gun at Chick again. Chick says, so I'm gathering that it was probably very hard for you to get here. <laughs> That's where Romero says, understatement of the year. <laughs> And that you are feeling a little miffed that Norman's not home. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Romero says, where is he? Chick says, my my sources tell me that last night he confessed to murder. He's in jail. Romero says, so what the hell are you doing here? Chick says, I'm dancing with the newborn <laughs> angels <laughs> trying to catch abuse. <laughs> Romero says, why don't you say it like a normal person? 
especially with his mind right now. <laughs> like, I can't with this. Check it as metaphors. <laughs> I can't deal with it. Chick yells, I'm writing a book. Romero asks, what about? Chick says, look, I know it sounds bad. Wrestled with my feelings of exploitation, but after I got to know them, Norman and Norma and this beautiful haunted old house, I felt an obligation to record the events that have happened here. Romero says, son of a bitch, if you know what Norman's done, you're an accessory to murder. Chick says, says the escaped convict. Romero says, so this is where he keeps them, huh? So Romero's talking about the taxidermied animals? I guess. That's all that was. It seemed like a weird turn of conversation. <laughs> Just like something. Yeah. So this is where he keeps them, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I kind of wondered if it was either the animals or people he's killed. Oh. Does Romero have an inkling? I don't think so. That he's killed more than Norma? Because I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Although. There is the Blair Watson, but he never kept her body, so. Right. I don't know. That's all I can come up with is that it's the animals. Yep. Which just seems like a weird, sudden, non sequitur. <laughs> mm hmm. Um, yeah, so Romero says, so this is where he keeps them, huh? Chick says, that's a little obvious. Norman's more romantic than that. Romero says, oh, yeah? Then why are you sitting here? Chick says, because I wanted to feel what she felt. Romero says, what are you talking about? Chick says, to be adored like a queen. He built this place for her, like a mausoleum. Romero says, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Chick says, he dug her up. He dug her up. Romero asks, where is she now? Chick says, I don't know. Must have had the foresight to move her before the cops came and searched the house. Looking at you standing there, the sheriff, who's escaped from prison out on a mission to avenge the woman he loves from her murderous sick son. It's like too much, man. You guys are perfectly worthy adversaries. Perfect. The artificiality of scripted drama doesn't hold a candle to true crime. Utter surprise without contrive. More surprise. And Chick starts typing than the brain would allow you to imagine. And Romero shoots him in the head. It was really the typing that was the most over the top for me. Yeah, but I think just in, I just think Chick couldn't help himself. It was just all, I mean, who, he would never have expected Romero to suddenly show up. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this book's getting even better. You know, <laughs> the scorned lover. Yeah. Avenging. Yeah. The sheriff escaping from jail to avenge the woman he loves from her murderous son. I mean, it's just, I think it's just overwhelming him. And he just. just Which is, uh, was it Harold that said it just kind of crossed a meta line? (laughs) (laughs) It did, but. I'm guessing that was it. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But. But yeah. All right, Chick. Yeah. So, <laughs> Norma, or I mean Vera for me, <laughs> she posted a like a Botticelli esque painting that had uh, 
photoshopped her and Chick's faces. (laughs) 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 I just found it. So I read it. (laughs) They both did all that mortals could do. R.I.P. Chick Owen. Surf heaven Zephyrs with Norma. She has mucho authority up there. (laughs) 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 Vera Farmiga is so freaking funny. That's that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I will post that so everyone can see because it is too funny. Yeah, definitely. (sighs) I just... I wasn't expecting Romero to find out about Norma being dug up. I really thought he was going to find her. You know? Yeah. So does this kind of, I know you were so afraid of that scene. Are you a little placated now because of this, that he knows he's got knowledge? Yeah, he handled it better than I I don't know. I I don't think Romero's playing with a full deck. He's not. And that is probably one of those things where it's like he dug her up and Romero's mind is going, nope. Yeah, really. (laughs) He's like, I I need to file that. I need to make my own (laughs) disassociative for that one. (laughs) That's going away. (laughs) Bye-bye. Shush. (laughs) Yeah. Which, it opens it up for some very interesting endings. It I does. Think. It does. Having him be a little addled and uh-huh. having the knowledge. It could be a little, you know, like Caleb had some weird moments. Right. He could have some weird moments just like Caleb did. <laughs> and that's, I think, what we all kind of talked about. He could see Norman wearing that wig. Exactly. is <laughs> what I'm getting at. <laughs> Oh, make it happen. And not be able to kill her. Yep. Him, her. Yep. Shim. Shim. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Interesting to see what they're going to do. I just have no idea. Oh, I, I love, love it. That. So, okay. It's going to be interesting watching it together. I know. Fun. I'm excited. Me too. Well, um. You've got. Waiting? No, there's one more paragraph. Oh, sorry. Next, we see the cops searching the woods. One of them finds the well, cuts to them pulling the shower curtain burrito out of the well, and Green walks up to it. Cuts to head Norma in the interrogation room, and the door opens. She says, I told you I'd take care of it, Norman. When, wait, then we see it's Norman. So, yeah, it's hard to, so head Norma's sitting there, and it's before the door opens, you just hear her say, I told you I'd take care of it, Norman. So it's like they're having like a little inner struggle, like he's trying to come back. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. So then we see it's Norman. He said, "Oh, does it switch? It Did does. we see Norma? Oh, it was do you think Norma. he? I think, do you think he won? I kind of think he might have. We don't know. Oh, I need to rewatch that. Yeah. Then we see it's Norman. He says good morning to Green and says he appreciates the visit, but they aren't supposed to be talking anymore. She tells 
him, they are charging him additionally with the murders of Jim Blackwell and Audrey Ellis. She says he doesn't need to say a thing. And she walks out. Yep. So, did you catch, and I'm not sure if this is what I thought I saw, but when the dogs and the cops are searching the woods, right before someone yells that they found something from, like, the right side of our screen, Mm -hmm. one of the dog whines and starts bolting to the left side of the screen. Yes, I saw that. Do you think it's Norma? Yeah. Frozen, Frozen Norma? Mm-hmm. I think the well and Norma are not too far away from each other. Yeah. Yeah, because when I saw the dog do that the, the, on the first watch, I was like, oh, no, they're going to find her, not the well. Well, <laughs> well, my brain was going, well, her body, well, her body. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out to be well. But yeah. I think body was close and body could, well... They had a lot of time there because they had enough time to find. And then I'm assuming call Sheriff Green to the scene. I don't think she was part of that. Right. And then have her, you know, do the body stuff and then go back and talk to Norman about it. Oh, yeah. That all takes time. So I don't know. But that's an interesting prospect of finding Norma's body because that's. If nothing else, that is the point of no return. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. That's the no more shushin, no more getting off on uh, some technicality. Yeah. His mother is supposed to be in a coffin in the f- cemetery and she is dressed and has been preserved and is out in the woods here. Has <laughs> <laughs> been preserved for two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy. I just, oh, I'm still just so torn to, I just can't wait to see what they do next, but then that means it's over. I know. <sighs> but yeah, this was a, this was a really good episode. I agree. I really liked the head Norma Norma stuff going on. Me too. But I'm going to have to knock it down to a four. I'm not giving it a five. No, I would say a four is fair. I mean, for one thing, we lost Chick, so that's just bummer. Not only lost him, but uh, in a way, I'm nitpicking a little bit. Yeah. A little. I'm sure some people hate it worse than I do, but. Oh, yeah. There was just something there, and, you know, I've come up with a few ways to explain it and make it better, but these are my, this is in my head, this is, <laughs> we don't know that the show's doing that, or if it's just right. kind of bad writing. I wanted Head Norma to kill Chick. Mm. I, I I wanted him to live, and I really thought he might. I wanted him to live, too, ultimately, Sure. But if he was going to die, I always I always thought it was going to be head Norma. Just like, you are meddling too much. Norman cannot have any outside people in life. So you got to go. You know, I'm glad it wasn't for Chick's sake because he obviously really did care about them. So right. I'm glad that he didn't have that moment where he felt very betrayed very by betrayed. someone he yeah. actually protected and loved. Right. Right. Yeah. No matter 
No matter if he was exploiting them or not at some level. <laughs> As he admitted. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm i going to give it for cheesy ghost normas. Yes. <laughs> Which is a little bit of what knocked it down to the four also. <laughs> yeah. And I think, if anything did, it was those two scenes. Yeah, yes. And then the what the bits to me, we've already just discussed, like connecting Audrey to the dental record. That's all pretty bippy. Pretty bippy. Yeah. The Maggie scenes. The a Maggie scene. That was about the bip. Yeah. And then the sheriff and her, you're just a child acting out. Bip. Bip. <laughs> so I give this three bips. <laughs> this is a three what the bip episode. <laughs> Did we bip chicks behavior? <laughs> no, I think we kind of explained it and I like our explanation. Okay. <laughs> it was just like so much was going on. And it's Okay, chick. I like our explanation. If they don't go with our explanation, bip then bip. Yep. So three bips, four possible. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was it. I really like this one. It's better on second watch to me. The first time I watched it, I was like, huh, you know. But then on second watch, I just really, I was just fascinated. Yeah, I... I had one of those moments the first time watching when I I was watching and I'm engaged and then when I saw that there I like checked during uh-huh. a commercial how much time left and when I saw how little I was like no it, there I needs that to ex- be more happening right now because yeah, exactly there's only two more episodes after this I cannot believe this was almost done because not enough really happened right right but I calmed down from that saw what actually happens at the end of it, which was a pretty big deal, and decided it was okay. Yeah. And then just enjoyed the ride. The second and third watch. Yeah. Me too. So yeah. Two more. So if you want to get feedback in for the last couple, you know where to send it. Yes, motherpodcast at gmail.com. Indeed, and I have a little announcement. Oh. I've talked about my cross stitches I've been working on before. Yes. yes. And I've talked about perhaps giving them away to our listeners. Oh. And I was thinking, I want to do that. Um, so basically, the rules for this, all you have to do is, by the end of the series, you just have to have a current room in our hotel to be eligible for a handmade cross stitch and that's awesome yeah i've just enjoyed making them they cost very little for me right to make um and it just is a thank you for having like the best funniest coolest guests yes for this podcast i would love to do this for anyone that has a room that's awesome. So are you going to, to like room. custom make them for them? Like they can pick who they want? Yeah, and I can post what I've done. And if you want one of those, I'm happy to do that. 
I will say Chick is by far the hardest. So if you choose a Chick one, make sure you really want Chick. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do a Caleb falling off that roof and hitting that beam? <laughs> I will custom make them, but um, you can you can tell me a quote, a favorite quote, and I will put it to cross stitch, or you can choose one I've already done. I can help with those too, you know, Em. I know how to cross stitch. I know you know how to so, cross stitch, so I yeah. can give you the patterns, and if if yeah. we get flooded, we'll be like. And I'm not giving you guys a time frame on when these are gonna get done. <laughs> Although I have about six made, so. And once the patterns are drawn, and I've, you know, I've made every character, and these are not going to be, like, super, mm-hmm. you know, once I've designed the characters, they're not going to change much. <laughs> Their outfits might change a little bit. Right. Well, and you keep room if you are fairly consistent in sending us feedback. So, Laura, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's been. Although I think she has a current room, but we. Uh, I think we've only gotten feedback the first episode. That's true. So, Laura, if you're listening, let us know you're still out there. Yeah. So, um... I will update the spreadsheet and announce who currently has rooms next time. Okay. And if you're not named, you can still get feedback in and get your room back. Right. <laughs> I haven't really kicked anyone out this season. Laura's right. on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> I figured anyone that's written in this season is okay. Yeah. I'm just giving you crap, Laura. I just want to hear from you. I want to hear how right. Beverly's doing and how you guys are handling what's happening. Yeah. So... <laughs> So, all right. Well, I like that. I like that idea, Em. I think that's great. I think it's a nice thank you. I've really enjoyed Absolutely. this experience. Yep, me too. So, all right. Well, till next Wait. time. Chill your own ass. Chill your own ass. No spoiler section. Nope. I like being dark. I like not knowing. It's fun, yeah. It's killing me, though, but. I know, it's hard. I just have to think about other things. <laughs> yep. Look at his you standing there. The sheriff who's escaped from prison on a mission to avenge the woman he loves from her murderous and sick sons. Like, <laughs> like too much, man. You guys are perfectly worthy adversaries. Perfect. The artificiality of a scripted drama doesn't hold a candle to true crime. Utter surprise without contrive. More surprise than the brain would allow you to imagine. I was following the eye, 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 was following the eye
like parallel to each other and the one keeps it's like it's boxing the other one in like not letting it get past him like road rage yeah yeah like maybe something happened down the road and they ended up here because yeah the one car keeps trying to move and then the other the one that's like on the outside of it will move forward and like in so it's like trying to block it in yikes I know it's like should I like cover go under (laughs) 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 okay they're moving they're moving they're stuck hmm weird oh wow the one just backed up really quick turned around and left yikes I know sounds like a road rage (laughs) it does doesn't it yeah huh I love having a park in my backyard there's just (laughs) such a great people watching thing (laughs) seriously it's awesome it's so much better than like looking into someone's stupid backyard yeah for real (laughs) thanks Simone (laughs) aggressively chewing on that thing She is asking him questions about the night. (laughs) Simone. (laughs) (laughs) 
Bunny's squeaky toys are his outside toys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my word. Really? Can you play with something else? Okay, she just dropped it. it says it doesn't mean she sh- he should be uncomfortable. No, doesn't mean he should be uncomfortable. Comfort. She wants him to. Did I say un again? Yeah. <laughs> and says she doesn't mean he should be uncomfortable. <laughs> Dang <said> it! <laughs> 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 is that she? I meant he. <laughs> I know. And changing the she somehow makes uncomfortable. Changed you. <laughs> okay. 